0: How could it be? If we didn't fall through the time doorway, then we must have fallen to the
1: rocks below and died. But if we fell into the rocks, then we wouldn't be here. That is the puzzle. You must have experienced either one or other of the events, yet as you can see, neither event happened to you. The mist of the time doorway did not draw you into the vortex.
0: The raft fell only part way down the falls. You seem to have fallen into space.
1: But then how did we get here? As I said, you should not be here. Your presence here is disrupting the balance of the doorways. I must correct that imbalance,
2: or I cannot go home.
3: Look, Dad, there's a light.
2: All right. We're going to have to be careful.
1: Dad and
4: Holly, let's go on the barrier. Hey, I it's okay, Dad. The sleep sack can't get through the invisible barrier. So they the production values on Land of the Lost are actually so low they never bothered to ADR Enix voice. Because usually, if a guy is inside an ill-fitting rubber costume, you're not really able to hear what he's speaking. And so, they go in later to his studio, not unlike the one from which I am now speaking. And then they, do, especially because it's an immobile rubber mask, like the mouth doesn't even move on that costume. So if you watch Land of the Lost, there's Enoch, the Eltrusion. I'm sorry, I should, I should say it like Enoch. Does. Enoch, the outfru... the altruiser. My people are the antecedents of those creatures you know as Sleestek. Except even my voice right now, covering the microphone with my entire palm, I'm able to articulate my speech better than Enoch. So he's in a mask which has no points of articulation. The, ma- the mouth doesn't move at all. It would take literally five minutes to go into a recording studio and just have the guy who plays Enix sit in front of a microphone and say, Why, hello, Marshall, Will, and Holly. But no, whole show made for like $4. And so they just continue to use the dialogue that he voices while inside what is effectively an entire rubber wetsuit wrapped around his head. All right, you don't really notice those things when you're like five. Because you're too busy being terrified of... Uh, What's his name? Bill Walton. Who is the guy? Who is the NBA player that was a sleestack? deck? Directing that question at Scotty J. I know Sarah doesn't know. Tim's not here. you have nothing? Fine. Whatever. Be quicker on your feet than that, Scott. You're going to have to bone up on your sleestack deck knowledge if you want to make it on the show.
5: What's going on with Scotty today? I'm not used to him turning on his microphone. I'm not saying anything. Scotty's
4: on the edge of a meltdown, I believe. Good morning, Parkdale. As long as you, as long as you prepare the important things. You didn't
5: thing. just laugh at yourself like that. <laughs> well, I got,
6: you know, I can't talk until I say.
4: Are you Bud manner or Booger? Um, he's, he's Booger. No, he's he's already. Yes, he's, he's prepared the, the the crucial parts of today's program. All right, it's five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. Why, hello, it's five minutes and eighteen seconds after the hour of eleven, in this the month of August, in the year of our Lord two thousand and seven. Thank you for coming along and making it part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of AM 970. Solid State Radio. Thank you so much for coming along. Uh, my name is Rick Everson. It is the Radio Program. It's Thursday and uh, welcome to Day 12. We're here in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. It's 503-733-2970. 503 733 uh 2970 for your comments, your clarifications, your kvechas, your two cents, your what have you. Scotty's not really standing by to answer or screen I anything. Mean, You're just gonna be past the we'll be taking your calls largely unscreened today. Scotty buckling down, shoulder to the wheel, nose to the grindstone, uh ass to the uh whatever the ass is too ass to chaps. Ch- <laughs> <after> the chaps. <laughs> yes. Well done. Uh thank you for coming along. It's five oh three seven three three Two nine seventy five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. The phones are up Oh, this is probably an answer to this, Lisa. Today, I think you're forgetting we're on like a nine-hour delay. Really, the way my brain works, I mean, it just so advanced is the ADHD that I will ask a question, and then by the time, due to Janet Jackson's bosom, wrinkly sagging bosom, we now have this delay that it just takes forever between the time. I say something. I know I've made this observation, but literally the delay is so long that before you even hear it, I can actually say something, Scotty can go pull it off our internal audio tracker and I can already have excerpted it and be playing it again before you've even heard it the first time. Which is just weird. I mean, if, if Neanderthal man were here, I would be a god. Such abilities would make me a golden deity in his in his eyes. Anyway, so by the time I ask a question and then you hear it and you come up with the answer and you dial and you call in, I have completely forgotten that I even asked the question. So that's probably what these are about. Well, we'll get your stack calls here in just a second. I also want to know how they made the stack hissing noise, a noise that haunted me through many years of my childhood. Just terrified me. I mean, even now watching that show as an adult, I, clearly you see it. You watch it, Land of the Lost now, and you see the cheesy production values. I mean, I'm not going to delude myself. I mean, I'm able to separate nostalgia from actual quality. Uh, With Land of the Lost, a little bit of both. I mean, I I own the first two seasons of Land of the Lost uh, on DVD. I don't have the third season yet. The third season was terrible. The third season was the one where where Wesley Urie would end every episode by pulling out a guitar that he mysteriously got. Got from nowhere, because clearly there was no guitar when they went over the falls in the beginning of the show. He had no guitar. And yet by the third season... Wesley has a guitar, and he pulls it out at the end of every episode, and he and Holly sing a song about what they learned while running from a T-Rex. The third season of Land of the Lost is terrible. It's awful.
5: That's the good thing with Lost, is that they just, like, every episode they find something else. What?
6: Ooh, he just did a sleeve stack.
4: McRibby's back. They, if they have not done it already, there needs to be a YouTube parody that's Land of Lost. Instead of Land of the Lost, it is Land of Lost. And it's all... You know, Sawyer and Lock and, you know, whoever. Sawyer, so Lock and Walter on a transatlantic airplane. Luck <laughs> That's fantastic. That's genius. Don't even front. something
5: exciting to tell that me about Lost. That is
4: exciting. That is the best idea I'm going to have this hour. Land of Lost.
5: Ah! Lucky
4: us. I kill me. Anyway. The third season, Wesley Yuri would pull out his guitar and just sing a song about Holly. What did we learn while we were running from lizard people today? And then they would struggle. It was, it was retarded. Um, I own the first two seasons. though. So you watch the first two seasons of Land of the Lost. You can really appreciate how well that show was done on just a minuscule budget. A minuscule budget, tiny turnaround time. Uh, not a bad show. And it helped that they had a bunch of writers from Star Trek uh, who helped them on that show. Land of the Lost. A lot of those, uh, I think, um, what's his name? I think Walter Kennig. Alias Chekhov. I think he actually wrote a couple episodes of Land of the Lost. I have to go back and bone up on that. I don't know. Anyway, it's not a bad show. I mean you can see now that the slee stacks are really cheesy. Um but they I mean they did their job really effectively, scared the living crap out of me when I was a kid. They really did. Alright, five oh three seven three three two 970. It is the Rick Emerson radio program. Thank you for coming along. Here's what's coming up on today's radio extravaganza. Uh, we'll talk to CNN Radio correspondent Lisa Goddard about Pam Larry Craig. About, as I'm now legally required to call it, Larry Craig's list. <laughs> uh, so we'll talk about that. There's probably something else happening, with, you know, in Washington with. With our government and our elected leaders. But I don't really care. It really is all about Larry Craig. Uh, so we'll talk to Lisa Goddard about that. Uh, CNN Radio correspondent Amanda Moyer will join us today. It just uh, we, did, we, we did most of this yesterday, but I do want to talk a little bit about Richard Jewell. Um, because I never really did know what he did after we, the media, just ruined his entire life. That's really the only thing we're good at here. And I, I don't just mean us specifically, I mean we are good at we are good at that, but i uh, we only really ruin relationships we're not really good at we're not really good at ruining the lives of single people. Mm-hmm. If you're in a relationship we'll destroy that if you're just some guy we we don't really have any power um but the media just destroyed Richard Jewell, and so I don't really know what what he did for the last eleven years now he's dead thirty three younger than I am now when this whole thing happened natural causes at forty four uh-huh so, we'll uh, talk about that. Steve Kastenbaum will join us. Uh, we also we did actually talk to Steve Kastenbaum a little bit about Hilly Crystal, but we didn't have a whole lot of time to dwell on it. So, we'll talk about Hilly Crystal, founder of CBGB, uh, who died yesterday. And CNN radio correspondent James Roop will join us as I believe the Chinese are trying to kill us with um, spinach today. I think it's. Is it spinach? Yes. Tainted spinach. Avoid the taint at all costs. Uh, See, let's see. So we got that. We got Lisa Goddard, Amanda Moyer, Steve Kastam, James Roof. Uh, a great top five that Scotty J. endeavored to put together, which we didn't really get to. Uh, we'll do the top five musical acts who choked to death on their own vomit. Uh, we'll do that today. We'll be giving away a cop, uh, copy of uh Sign of the Times, the two CD collectors edition. We'll also announce the AM970 Glorious Bastard of the Week. Don't forget, by the way, if you have not signed up to be a Glorious Bastard, you got to do it. Because tomorrow, and here's reason number 6052 why you got to love this radio station. This, I swear to God, this is what the memo says. Tomorrow, we will be giving away seven copies of the uh Sign of the Times Best of uh, CD to, and I'm quoting now, seven random bastards. That's exactly what the internal memo said, and I gotta love that. So uh, tomorrow, seven random bastards uh, will be getting a copy of Queen tracks "Sign of the Times" best of CDV. You got to be a glorious bastard to be eligible for that. So it's free, as uh, John Belushi says in Animal House, it don't cost nothing. So go to 970 AM and sign up for that. Uh, there you go. We're joined today as are we always by the lovely and talented Sarah X Dillon. Bam! How are you? Hello, I'm good. And we're I'm doing done. very well. <laughs> <laughs>
5: Um, I don't know what to say.
4: Interrupting you while you're eating a sugar pea. I'm eating my sugar peas. Or is it a snow pea? What is that? It's the thing that's still in the pod. What do they call that? Stringless sugar snap peas. Snap peas. All right. They're really
5: very good. I'm sorry, I've been distracted by Scotty J all morning.
4: Scotty's over here. He's busy I am right a
6: handsome guy, aren't I? Oh, I said that. Sorry.
4: So anyway, sir. Yeah.
5: All
4: right. Never mind. All right.
5: Um. Scotty J is
4: working on the following stories for your edification today.
6: Well, disgraced former prosecutor Mike Nifong pleads this morning. Police have arrested three teens accused of drive-by assaults as they shake up a Bremerton residence. Skeletal remains of a body are found in a park near a seemingly bottomless lake. And really? Batman Yes. Really? And Batman demolishes a Chicago building. By the way. Uh, and
5: that's a spoiler alert, too.
6: Okay.
4: Really, is it? I don't know anything about the new Batman movie except that Maggie Gyllenhaal looks hot. Hot as balls. That's all I know about it.
5: Oh, I can't wait to see Christian Bale.
4: Yeah.
6: I guess the final thing is uh, one week before school is starting, summer is finally here. If you haven't rolled out of the rack yet this morning, take a look outside. It's going to be a hot one. Really?
4: Quit talking like that. Who are you? Are you emulating somebody (laughs) when you talk that way? I don't know. Let me ask you this, Scotty. You grew up here in Portland, did you not? Yes. Okay. Did you grow up in Portland proper or in some hideous suburb?
6: A hideous suburb of Beaverton. Okay, so you grew up in Beaverton.
4: When you grew up, and I don't want to turn this into a whole I high don't concept. Think I
6: Have yet, but go ahead.
4: Really, if you're going to be in here, you have to start. You have to learn to let me complete a sentence now and again. Um, it, it, I don't want to turn this into a whole high concept thing. But when you were growing up, uh, who did you uh, did you listen to the radio a lot as a, as a youngster? A young Jay. Yes. And who did you who who were you who are the guys you listened to on the radio that you really dug? Craig Walker.
6: All right. I really like Craig Walker. Um, we used to listen to him on AM. That's I'm wondering we if in
4: our cars. I'm wondering if this rather distinct style you have comes from emulating somebody in particular. I don't know. I also like Marty Party. Really? <laughs> I love that guy. I love Marty, too. But, I mean, just the fact... We used to work with, with Marty Party. It really is just perfect. I've been in Marty Party's home. Wow. I have, indeed. I have been. I've
5: shaken Marty Party's hand.
4: Have you? Really?
5: Well, we worked with him every afternoon. But
4: did you really ever actually shake his hand? No,
5: but you and I would go in and bother him on a Like shift. a
4: figurative shaking of the hand.
5: Yeah, he'd play a good song and we'd wander in and, and he'd be listening to it at a deafening volume.
4: Let me just say that, well, like all those guys, all, and, 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 and here's the great thing about working next to KGUN or KISSEN is they work in soundproof rooms. I mean, thick-ass glass, thick walls, I mean, built, and I don't mean it's just like a thick wall, I mean, it's like built by a radio engineer to be soundproof. And yet they're also deaf, and they want to feel the music. And you walk by, and man, you can just hear the Hollies or whatever just blaring out of there, and it's loud to you walking by in the hallway, and that's with the soundproof door shut. Just insane. So, no, Marty's a great guy. You want to, you want to really be jealous? You go to Marty Party's home. You look at his record collection. It's just uh, wall to you wall look at wall. his, you look at his wife's uh, uh, collection of ticket stubs, backstage photos. I and mean, it's unreal.
6: That's something I do, too. I, I keep all my ticket stubs from all the years, and eventually someday I'm going to make a collage of some sort. Please just spell collage.
4: C-O-L-L-E-G-E. No, no, no. and you're done. Thanks. Uh, but I used to keep all of my concert tickets, and then I just you
5: spell college?
4: Yeah. <laughs> That's the irony. Because he tried to, because he misspelled it, but inadvertently spelled the name of an institution of higher learning. Oh, Scotty. Well spotted, Sarah. Best show ever. Hi, you're on the Rick Everson show. Hello. Hey Rick. How's it going? Hey,
6: what's up? Hey, you're with the NBA player you're thinking of is
2: Bill Lambeer.
4: That's right from the Detroit Pistons. Uh played a slea stack.
2: And I thought I was
1: the tribute to knowing that and nobody else. I couldn't believe that. I bow to you.
4: Excellent. Thank you. So well I didn't know who he played for, um, but I did okay. I did know that he was an NBA player and he played a stack. And I think at some point... Oh, and apparently he coaches for the WNBA. Somebody just said that. Um, apparently there were only three Sleestak costumes, I believe. And that's why you never see more than three in a shot. So, all right. Excellent. Thank you, my friend. All right, there you go. Uh, it's 503 I don't know if we have time to... Well, we got Amanda Moyer uh, coming up uh, in just a skosh, as they say, before the break. I keep forgetting that, so we might as well just stick with this. Um, I do want to say real quickly, and I say this with some small... Degree of pride, because yesterday we had this whole Budman and Booger thing, this hideous air check that was sent to us by some former CBS radio employees. And and normally, you will note, by the way, normally we go go out of our way when someone sends us a a horrible air check, not to play it, not to mention it. I think the only exceptions to that have been Tim's national, uh, or his New Hampshire Association of Broadcasting Submissions, when the whole point is they want to be judged by their peers. I think that's been the only exception up until yesterday when we played the Budman and Booger thing, which I had, I mean, yesterday when we got done, I had a constant stream of people coming by my office asking to hear it. People wanted the link. People wanted it sent to them. They wanted to know about the website. I do believe there's going to be some Wesley Willis-esque cult following for those guys. So here's what I got today. I won't say who this is from, but this is from a higher up um, at CBS Radio. This is an all-program uh, director memo. This went out to every program director in the company. Look at the, look at the two list here. This block of addresses here, this is just the people in the two list. This went out to about 500 different Who's people yesterday. From? It's uh, from someone who will not be named. A uh, higher up at CBS. Okay. To everyone. The subject line is, Dear program directors, do you have any good prank calls? I'm reaching out. That's what they say. No one talks to anybody anymore. I don't mean to be like ripping off a Carlin type bit, but I mean, really, no one speaks, no one talks, no one asks, no one queries. Everybody reaches out. I'm reaching out to find out which stations have a show that does, in quotes, prank calls on the air. We have a really cool digital opportunity popping up. Any show that does prank call segments would be invited to participate. Please take a moment to let me know. And it is with some glorious satisfaction that I responded back and stated quite firmly, at no point in the past, present, or ever, ever, ever in the future, as long as I can breathe air into my withered lungs, will we ever be a prank call program. Um, And finally today, before we talk to CNN radio correspondent uh, Amanda Moyer, who is standing by, so my wife left for Italy uh, this morning, or actually, it, yeah, she's now on a plane to Italy uh, as we speak. Which is... Did you
5: play her some Blood Rock this morning?
4: God damn, no, no, I can. I forgot. I was not out of it this morning. I was kind of undercaffeinated. caffeinated Boy, just a 16-hour flight.
5: My friend Amanda just went to Thailand, and she had a 21-hour flight.
4: Oh, Jesus. I mean, that just kills you. I mean, and multiple hideous layovers. Like She was like a two-hour layover in Cincinnati. What are you going to do in Cincinnati except look at the dust and wish you were dead? Uh, And then she has a layover in London, which is, I guess, better. Uh, And then she goes to Italy uh, from there. I mean, I don't know if it's long long enough to do anything. I don't know. I think it's long enough to do anything interesting.
5: Well, yeah, layovers are never interesting.
4: I mean, because it's never. The only time I ever had a good layover. Borderline perverse. The only good layover I ever had, let me tell you, uh, was one time I had a layover in Vegas uh, that was about two hours. And two hours was long enough to get to the strip and gamble for about a good 55 minutes and then make my way back to the airport. I actually gambled, and I had a shrimp cocktail, and then I went back to the airport. That's the only good layover in the history of the world. Anyway, so she didn't want to. She didn't want to go out for Italian last night um, because she's going to be in Italy. So she wanted to go out as, for as she put it, trashy Mexican food. And of course, Southeast Portland is full of trashy Mexican places. And I say that with respect. I love. I love good trashy food of any culture. So we went to a trashy Mexican place. And I was noting that actually not too far down the road from where you we were was, an ac- was a Taco Bell. And I was noting how, you know, that's the great thing about America is you can get the authentic, real deal. Uh, especially in northeast Portland, a lot of real, authentic Mexican places. Then this place, which is sort of trashy, kind of Americanized. And then down the street was a Taco Bell. That is what makes this country great. Those three levels of Mexican food. And finally, what does Taco Bell even mean? You think about that. Let's welcome to the Rick Emerson Show from the CNN Radio Center in Atlanta, the one and only Amanda Moyer. Hi, Amanda.
7: Hi. How are you? I'm well today. How are you? I'm dandy.
4: What do you suppose Taco Bell means? What is that in reference to?
7: I knew you were going to ask me that. I really don't know what that means. I guess a bell, like, come and get it.
4: Well, that's the closest (laughs) I could come to. Maybe there was, like, old
7: Taco Bells.
4: That was the closest I could come to, is it was some sort of a cowbell type thing that they would ring on the chow wagon, perhaps.
5: No, or maybe, like, perhaps there's a Mexican restaurant, and then when the tacos
7: were ready, they'd ring a bell.
4: Maybe it's it's entirely possible. All right. Um, how's life in Atlanta, Amanda?
7: Oh, uh, going okay. Once when I'm here, <laughs> not here you, very often. Are they?
4: Do they keep now? Are you sort of a roving correspondent for CNN? They keep you on the road a lot down there.
7: Yes, Ed and I are both national correspondents, so we're always traveling when stuff happens. Like I just got back from Richmond and. So wherever news breaks, I have to go.
4: Well, let me ask you this. Um, we had talked a little bit about Richard Jewell yesterday, and I uh, I was working in talk radio um, when the, um, the the Olympic Village bombing, um, or I'm sorry, the Olympic, was the Olympic Park, Olympic Village, whatever, the Olympic Park bombing in 96, and I remember the chain of events unfolding, and this is really before the Internet even was fully flourished. But I remember everybody in America seemed to go from not knowing who Richard Jewell was to immediately going, oh, yeah, that's that guy that planted the bomb at the Olympic Park. I mean, everybody immediately knew it. And then, as always happens, the media sort of, when they retracted everything later, it sort of seemed like that was buried on page D9 of the newspaper. What um, what what did what had Richard Jewell been doing for the last 11 years? I mean, what did he do since then?
7: Well, he's just been a his family he's been a security guard I know at different places but his family says he never got over this I mean, even though his name was cleared several months later he they said that he never recovered from the shame of being wrongly linked to this bombing when in fact he really was a hero because he was the one who pushed a lot of people out of the way and spotted that suspicious backpack so a lot more people could have died from you know the bombing but you know he he never got that recognition really
4: did uh, did he ever... Did he sue somebody? It seems like Richard Jewell sued at least one news organization and possibly more for some sort of recompense because they they just it tarnished his name so badly.
7: I'm not exactly sure of that, but I, I do remember some reports of that. Go, and I just know that he's had this... Like, no one's ever really thought about him since then. But like you said, everyone knew who he was, his history. He had a lot of health problems. And everyone knew about that. And then... All of a sudden, he just kind of dropped off <laughs> until now, until he's actually passed away, which I should mention, the autopsy report just came out and concluded he died of heart disease. So.
4: Okay, so when they say natural causes at age 44, I always wonder if that's like uh, when they in a divorce and they say irreconcilable differences and it's just covering covering something they don't really want to talk about.
7: Well, he had a long history of medical problems, so I think he had diabetes and uh, he was on dialysis. I remember that for, for years he was on dialysis, so... but. Daltopsey said that he died of severe heart disease.
4: All right. Well, uh, no doubt uh, no doubt, exacerbated by it just being pilloried in the media for a good uh, a good several months, 10 years ago. All right. Amanda Moyer, thank you so much. Always a pleasure. We will talk to you soon, my friend. Okay. Amanda Moyer at the CNN Radio Center in Atlanta. Didn't know anything about the Taco Bell. Knew a lot about Richard Jewell. Hi, you're on the Rick Nobody Emerson Show. Nobody knows about the Taco Bell, weirdo. Oh, really? Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show.
2: Yeah, hi Rick. Uh, I'm calling about Taco Bell. <laughs> ha ha ha! Sherrod, you are.
5: be yeah, the yes. microphone. Yes, sir.
2: As a matter of fact, the founder of Taco Bell, his last name Bell.
4: <laughs> really? It can't honestly be that easy, really.
2: Yeah. No, yeah, I'm serious.
4: <laughs> so really, if I mean, if if like if there had been some sort of conversion earlier on in one of his parents' lives, it could have been like Taco Schwartz.
2: Right. If the guy who founded McDonald's had started Taco Bell, it'd be Taco Croc.
4: Excellent. I can't top that. Thank you.
2: Uh, Ah, thank you, sir.
4: All right, this next call is certain to be a letdown after that, but we'll do it anyway. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Rick. Yeah. Hi.
1: Damn that caller
2: before me.
4: Yeah, you're gonna (laughs) suck now. Do you have anything? Do you have anything good? Do you have a good joke, maybe?
2: All I can say is I am a glorious bastard, and that's all I
4: can say. All right, God bless you, sir. That's enough. Thank you, my friend. Best show ever, brother. Thank you. All right, there you go. Well, on that note, we'll go out. Uh, 503... I haven't even talked about this Anna of the Cole Smith thing. Where is that? What is that? Oh it's, from? oh, it's the curse of Tim's computer. Scotty?
6: <laughs> I guess it is me. I'm printing some really important printing. news. He's real busy printing.
5: I'm doing
4: some printing over here as an American. Uh, all right, <laughs> fantastic. It's 503 3297. Yeah, I, I didn't have a chance to ask the spider question that occurred to me last night, nor did I get a chance to talk about the, um, the proud bosom of Anna Nicole Smith. The proud bosom? The proud bosom. Isn't that what they say? Isn't the proud ex bosom. Isn't that what they, uh, isn't that what Bob Seeger said in that stupid song of his? I don't know. We're, we're inside the whole thing. It's 503-733-2970. Uh, around the corner, Lisa Goddard coming up later this hour. Steve Kastenbaum. I wish
5: you wouldn't have talked about Taco Bell because now all I can think about is a Crunchwrap Supreme.
4: See, and I then don't... all I
5: can think is that there's 600 calories.
4: I don't even know that I know what that is. Oh, my God. What? It's heaven. Okay, that was... Heaven. <laughs> a little disproportionate. See, all I... You don't know. You know what? You think it's disproportionate
5: until you try it.
4: Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm a creature of habit, as you know. And so when I go to a restaurant, and typically if I like... Uh, let me put it this way: the first time I go to a restaurant, of course it's all a blank. You haven't had anything there, and then I'll order something at a new restaurant. And if I like it, that's what I stick with until they take it off the menu. Uh, and so, like at uh, at when I go to Taco Bell, you know what I'm all about? I'm all about that Mexican pizza. Dig me the Mexican pizza. And then they used to have God, what did they? What else did they used to have? It was a Mexican pizza and something else. Oh, I think it was just a Mexican pizza and just a whole just a whole pile of hard shell tacos. But that Mexican pizza is what I was like. I never went with the seven. There was that seven-layer dip burrito thing they used to have. I wasn't with that. What is a mm-hmm. Crunchwrap Supreme? What's in
5: there? A Crunchwrap Supreme, Um, it's like all wrapped in this really big, warm tortilla, and it's folded like five times. And then it has um like crispy like taco shells inside of it, and it has beef and um, cheese and guacamole and sour cream. like what we're saying. Sour cream. Oh, my God. You know, my it's wife a, is out of town. It's a flavor explosion. I'm trying to find you a picture of one. My one. wife's out of town, and there's
4: one of those in my neighborhood. There's no one at home to make me eat well.
5: And oh, it's all cool. grilled? Oh, look
4: at that. Oh, come on. How much could I expect to pay for one of those?
5: You could expect to pay, I think, like $2. All right. $2 for 600 calories. Oh, look,
4: I got two weeks to eat badly. Because then when I go to Europe, it's, when I go to London, it's just going to be potatoes and fat or whatever those people serve.
5: They're highly addictive, though. That's fun. Yeah, especially after you've been out for the while. You know the what? The and...
4: dog's not going to tell anybody. <laughs> dog's not going to tell. You're not going to tell. No one needs to know.
5: All right, we should take a Laura, I'll see your fat ass rolling.
4: <laughs> my bloated, um, my bloated Violet Beauregard-looking ass rolling down the hallway.
6: Maybe you should step on the scale and see if you gain weight in between the, the two weeks that she's gone away.
4: Why, Scotty, are you trying to start a show bit? Are you trying to start a... a <laughs> we're trying to see how fat you're going to An exactly. ongoing segment? Uh, well, maybe a little,
6: maybe later the d-
5: uh, discovered the country Supreme.
4: And you should wash
6: it down with one of their new taquitos.
4: I don't think Seriously. you should wash it down with something made out of meat. Uh, Alright, we gotta take a break. Come back after this. Do they have our chata? No, maybe I'll have to go somewhere else for that. Back after this, the Rick Emerson Show. I understand. They are. Somebody's sneaking in here and messing with your volume knobs when you're not looking.
5: There are other people in here besides
4: me. Are they underpants gnomes? Is that who's doing this? <laughs> I mean, you're not deaf yet. I, you know, hey, do you want to freak you yourself out? You are deaf. Out?
5: I can hear your head Your headphones are louder than the speakers in the studio.
4: Yeah, that's true. I, look, I make no I, I make no bones about that. I, uh, I'm i going to be deaf by the time. I mean, do you want to freak yourself out? Do this. Go to the doctor one of these days. Have them test your hearing. No. Yeah, that'll be No, fun. no, no. You'll I do be not horrified by, yeah, That's the thing. is, You just don't want to know, right? No, absolutely yeah. not. Um, well, this is why. I mean, this is what people have just called me a big pussy about this. But this is why every time I go to a show, anytime I go to where there's going to be loud music, I bring my yeah, earplugs ear along with me, because I just because I do so much damage to my hearing for like four hours every single 20 hours a week. I just sit here with this volume just blaring right against my cilia. So I mean, the last thing I need is to go to like Dante's and just have it, you know, have them flattened down there. So
5: actually, the loudest show that I've been to in a while was going to see the Killers. I blew out one of my, like, my ears the next day. I felt like I blew out an eardrum. It was ringing, and I thought that that was it for me. I thought Everything,
4: that, sounded, everything sounded like that? Everything
5: there. sounded like that. I thought I had tinnitus. I thought it was yeah. all over. I'm like, oh, God.
4: Yeah. That's, uh, well. I, uh, and it was The like, Killers. Like, that's uh, the
5: loudest show I've ever been to. That's which just is where? Seen, right? I saw them at. um
4: The Schnitzer or something?
5: No, not the other one. It's some kind of other music hall that they have a lot of, like, like Phantom of the Opera and all kinds of. Um, the Keller? Theater. Yeah, The Keller.
4: The Keller. All right. The loudest show I've ever been to, well, this is such a cliche because everybody says this, but the loudest show I ever saw was Motorhead, Um, and I know that that's their thing. They're really notorious, and as Rob from the House of Rick once said, like, it was so loud, it made me sick. I mean, so loud that I could feel my insides going, and I was just like, oh, please, let it stop, and even with earplugs, although they weren't the good kind. Uh, they were the cheap foam kind that you squish up and put in your ear. Those aren't that good. for. I mean, those those will, those are better than nothing. But, I mean, even with those, it was like you could just feel your bones vibrating. Oh. I remember I went to see ACDC one time, and, I mean, ACDC was so loud. Um, it, it was them and L.A. Guns, unbelievably loud. And at the end, of course, they always finish with a For Those About to Rock, and these huge cannons come up on stage. And, you know, Brian uh, Brian Johnson,
0: For Those About to Rock, fire!
4: and these cannons fire and it's like you could feel it i remember when they were um doing the, not the sound check but when you know like before the band goes on the roadies come out and they test all the instruments and the guy the roadie just sitting down there at the drum kit and going bum 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 and hitting the bass drum and i could feel my chest cavity vibrating so it's bad i remember i went to the doctor though when i was like 20 and he he did that hearing test or whatever i wasn't even 20 i was still living in washington and he uh he gave me a hearing test and he's like, Are you in a band or something? And I said, Well, kinda, of, but I'm also, you know, I work in radio a lot and he's like, Yeah, you're you're gonna be deaf in ten years. <gasps> oh and, and he's like and I said, What? And he goes, Yeah, it's like like you you he's like, There's no doubt about it, like you will be you will not be able to hear anything, you know, by the time you're thirty, 30, 35. And that like the next day I went out and I bought the most expensive uh earring you know, the earplugs I could possibly find. Uh and I just take a man, people laugh at me. I'm like, you know what? You laugh all you want this tw- and you just heard it when we came back from the break here, my headphones are sitting here on the counter and they're just blaring away. And I know you think that it's somebody coming in and screwing with your volume control, but the thing is... No, well, why don't you come over here and listen to my headphones? Here's the point I'm making, though. I'm not saying your headphones are as loud as mine, because they're not, because you're still, you've still got youth on your side, and you've been in, you, know, you haven't been in radio But you
5: say I turn that up my long. knob gradually during the show, and I never do. I
4: don't touch it. I'm saying I don't think... You, you're probably not aware of it, but I think if you were to check your headphone volume level at 11, and then you check it again at 3, I think it would be louder than I'm going to take
5: my knob down and just see if I inadvertently touch it.
4: And you're never going to be as deaf as Clyde. Just don't worry about
5: that. Or I mean, Marty that's,
4: Party. Oh, man. And Clyde is like, uh, God love Clyde, but I mean, Clyde would be in a production studio, and it's like I couldn't even go in and listen to Clyde assembling things. It was so loud. Like you, Occasionally, you'd go by a production room, and he and Aaron, geek in the city, were in there, and you would walk by, and Aaron would see you, and, just look and he would just look and wince at you. He'd give you this sad look like a beagle gives you out of a pet store window because he was just in there with Clyde and his deafening, tinnitus-inducing waves of sound. All right, we'll get Lisa Goddard here in just one moment. Hello, Scotty J. How comes the news assembly?
6: It's going great, Rick. All right, Scotty.
4: Uh, Just very quickly here before we've uh, had some emails about this. So today is, what, Thursday? Yes, I can't believe it. So, Scotty, um, let's see. On Tuesday, uh, you believed that Iraq was in South America. Yesterday, you believed that Iraq was in Africa, reverting to your original choice after having gone to South America. Um, it is now Thursday. Where does Scotty J believe Iraq is today?
6: I think it's somewhere near Russia, and that's why we're putting a whole bunch of new nuclear missiles up on the on the border. What kind there. of missiles? It is nuclear.
4: It is sort of relative because I guess everything is sort of near Russia when you think about it. So, uh, so today is Thursday. On what continent uh, do you believe Iraq is located today? Asia. Now is that your final answer? Yes. Okay. So now you seemed equally convinced yesterday that it was in Africa. Well,
6: it's in that continent, right? Or in that huge cluster of land mass.
4: <laughs> I don't think that's the only huge cluster we're dealing with here, Scotty. Uh, all right, and finally, uh, have you made any inroads in how to spell sleep apnea? I think so. All right, let's 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 hear it. Please dispel apnea. A-P-T-H. All right, we're done. Uh, let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from the hills. Head... There's not even a TH sound in there. Lisa Goddard joining us now. Hi, Lisa. Yeah. Hi, Sarah. Hi. How are things?
8: Yeah, I'm pretty good.
4: Uh, your phone's a little uh, a little staticky there. Yeah,
8: how about this? Is that right.
4: Yes, yeah, it's okay. Hey. All right. You don't suffer from sleep apnea by any chance, do you? Or a- <laughs> apnea?
8: I do not, but my fiance may. Really? Yeah, he he's a terrible sleeper. He doesn't sleep at all.
4: You know my uh, my father in law. Uh, my father in law has the has the sleep apnea, and they want to do that thing with him where they like bore out the inside of his nostrils or something oh. with like a drill. Whatever oh. it is they do, so you can so you can breathe more freely. Right. It's all kinds of unnerving. Ugh. All right, um, let us uh, let us now speak about our good friend and gift to every newsman, Larry Craig. <laughs> Um, so now they Indeed. they really are just piling onto this guy, uh, so, I, uh, so to speak. Fun, I mean, they, um, yeah. I, I wasn't even really meaning to. I mean, he really. I, I will say this: he has done sort of a favor to furtive gays everywhere because now everybody, if you did not previously know how to signal for gay sex in a bathroom, now everybody mm-hmm. is aware. Right. Although you got to wonder if the code's going to change now. You know what I mean?
8: Right. Right. The I guess the the younger gay men who may not have have known that may not have you know.
4: I wonder if there's going to be like a like a thing. Like when we crack the Enigma machine during World War II and the Nazis had to change their code. I went, this is, and I wonder if this is in some way, if this is anything like that hanky code where you put like a green hanky in your left pocket or something. If if you want to, I don't know if that means you're into water buffalo or whatever the hell. Um. Anyway, so everybody is sort of piled on this guy telling him to to, to get out of politics right now. Is that not the case?
8: I think a lot of people are, not everyone. I I suspect he does have some supporters in Idaho who may be saying nothing, who may be saying it's your decision, you know, who may not be putting pressure on him. But I don't think that there are very many people who are saying stay in office, run for reelection. you know, piece of No one's saying piece of cake. Everyone knows that if he either stays in office and certainly if he – goes for re-election, that it will be a steep uphill climb, if not, you know, a straight up-the-wall climb. So I, I I, think there may be some people who are saying, you know, decide on your own, talk to your family, see what you think is best. But there certainly are people who say, get out and get out now.
4: Well, I mean, talking to his family, you just look at and I don't mean to make light of this, but you just you look at that poor Stepford wife of his who just it has that glazed-over, uh, candy-coated smile on her face, Uh which is not unlike... Who was the last the last woman that I saw? That the, 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 was that po- that political wife we saw not too long ago. Who was also standing there uh, next to her, her, her? Probably
8: David Vitter's wife.
4: Yeah, I think that, I think that's exactly who I'm thinking of. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they all have that same sort of frozen over, vacant smile on their face. Uh, you know, it, not sort to mention
8: of... Governor McGreevey, Democrat in New Jersey, who you know his wife stood next to him, and now of course she's come. Both of them are coming out with dueling books about, you know, the the horrors of their marriage, but you know, she apparently maintains that he she she really didn't have any choice and he said, You've gotta come out there and stand with me no matter what and she stood out there and smiled. Now who knows what he really said, but that's her version. And All she right. said she smiled and then probably very quickly thought about the book deal. And, <laughs> and I and thought about, how am I going to get back at this man? Let me start by uh, putting, putting, out, putting a lot of words to paper.
4: And I uh, and I don't mean to sound snarky about this, but I really do wonder. I, I always, whenever a story like this breaks, which does seem to be with alarming rapidity these days, mm-hmm. uh, I always wait to see if there's going to be some comment from a uh, good friends in the Log Cabin Republicans, who are an organization that is fascinating to me mm-hmm. uh, for a whole lot. I remember I lived in Utah, and in Utah, of all places, for, to be a log cabin and a log Kevin Republican is a gay Republican. It is an organization of homosexual Republicans, mostly male, um, and it, which has just got to be a, a, a strange, almost impossibly untenable position to begin with. Uh, and every time something like this happens, I mean, what are, I mean, what is this sort of to whatever extent you can kind of take the temperature on this? What are prominent gay activists saying about this sort of thing? Because you got to wonder, in a way, this vindicates them because it does it does show that. Um, that often the forces opposing the advancement of gay rights uh, are perhaps, um, one might say, projecting. Um, but on the other <laughs> hand, you know, it sort of paints gays as this as a subculture that is just out there trying to seek sex in a bunch of grubby bathroom stalls.
8: Right. You know, I, I think that in general a lot of gay activists think this is very good for their cause to have this kind of light shed on on the idea i mean i think you know the, the idea of you know people seeking a gay sex in a bathroom certainly isn't the favorite image of gay activists, especially not people who are openly gay. But I think that community in general says does believe that there are many politicians and many leaders in corporate America all across the country who they believe are unnecessarily in the closet and who are hypocrites, and, and that is what they want to change. So they think, you know, regardless of what happens with Senator Craig, you know, here here's something... To tell the rest of the country, you know, don't be hypocrites. Come out of the closet, and that's something that I think most gay activist groups really want to see.
4: All right, uh, shifting gears ever so slightly here. Are we still? Is it still September when we're going to see this this Iraq progress this report card, as they say, from General Petraeus?
8: Here's where it's going to get complicated, yes, that's right. We're hearing maybe September 10th or September 11th, notably, uh, that that's when that will be presented to Congress. But that is one in a series of reports on Iraq that are coming out now. uh, Another one also will come from Iraq Ambassador Ryan Crocker. He's a U.S. ambassador. And that one could be even more critical, because that one will deal less with uh, military and sort of combat, and it'll deal more with the politics and what's going on uh, kind of in day-to-day life in Iraq, but now today we're actually getting word about uh, probably the earliest report. That's coming out of the GAO, which is the Government Accountability Office, and Congress actually ordered this report. It's, it's, It's Congressionally mandated The GAO GAO is an independent agency It's not run by the White House And the GAO is now uh, Sending around a draft It had to look at these uh, 18 benchmarks in Iraq Has Iraq passed an oil law, for example Different things that uh, Are indications of of where the U.S. believes Iraq needs to go And how well is Iraq doing on these 18 benchmarks Uh, The GAO is now Circulating a draft uh, That we understand the majority of those benchmarks, it's saying Iraq has failed to meet, and using that word failure. The Pentagon is reacting quickly. Now this report isn't even out yet, it's still draft, and the Pentagon says that some of those areas uh, the GAO got wrong, and that there's some factual errors in this report, and that some of those things uh, are not failures. Well, on top of that, the White House is saying, basically trying to dismiss this report altogether, saying, well, if you say either success or failure, of course Iraq has not achieved many of these goals yet, but you have to look at how Iraq is progressing. And I think that's what people should watch for this debate, that there's going to be sort of a debate within a debate. How do you measure success? Some people would say it is time for Iraq to meet these benchmarks or not. And if if we are constantly have this sliding scale of, oh, they're progressing, progressing, but will they ever actually complete these tasks? And some people are saying, let's draw the line right here and now, either they've done it or not. Others say, where does that get you? You know, the fact is that Iraq is a very troubled country, and if they are making any progress, we need to, it's shades of gray. We need to make note of it. But all of that is political, and there are reasons, political reasons, that both sides point to their different interpretations of how Iraq should be marked.
4: The thing, the thing about the leaked sections of this report and how it's already being uh, disputed yeah. or argued or fought over, this sort of reminds me like in the in the week-long lead-up to the Harry Potter 7 release, how it was all over the internet, and <laughs> yes. Scholastic kept like digging in their heels and refusing to acknowledge whether it was real or not, and they kept they kept sort of nitpicking, just thinking, well, I, I don't know, I don't really know that every comma that you see in that leaked copy is really necessarily correct, <laughs> and clearly it was. They were just doing their best Just think, man, they were spinning it like they were the juggling plates on Circus of the Stars, you know? So
8: Yes. It, I mean, it is. And, and they will argue over every comma in this situation at this point. Both sides, I think it's pretty clear which way each side is going to try and, you know, pull the rope in this tug of war. I think, I think the issue is, is really going to be those people in the middle, especially those moderate Republicans. Which way are they going to go? And if some of them, like John Warner of Virginia, really are ready to vote with Democrats for some sort of troop withdrawal, no matter how small, that is significant, and that's that's really what people need to watch. There's going to be arguments on both sides. People will use every report uh, to point to two different conclusions. But, the, but what to watch for is where these people in the middle come down and, and what action they think should happen.
4: Excellent. All right, before we go, just because I like to increase your pop culture knowledge just a little tiny bit great, every single great. time we talk, in case anybody should ever ask you where the name Taco Bell came from for the restaurant of the same name, Ugh. it is apparently because the last name of the founder was, in fact, Bell.
8: Oh, no kidding?
4: Really? A far less interesting explanation than I was hoping oh. for this morning, but apparently it's true. So there you go. You can Taco Emerson? <laughs> See, I went with Taco Schwartz. Taco That's... Schwartz. But yeah, so there you go. Or as somebody else said, uh, if it had been founded by the creator of McDonald's, it would in fact be Taco Croc. <laughs> Bam! And on that, I'm out. Just because crock croc is a funny word because it's got two K sounds in it, I can't really top that. <laughs> All right, enjoy the rest of your day. Uh, will we be speaking with you tomorrow? Yes, I'll be here. Fantastic. Talk to you then, Lisa. Have a great Thanks. day. All right, there you go, Lisa Goddard, ladies and gentlemen. Fantastic. As the news hour draws ever closer, Scotty J, are you uh, are you preparing uh, stories of entertainment for the people? There
6: is a, a complete myriad of news for today.
5: I think Scotty J shouldn't worry about the news and instead he should run the Taco Bell for us.
6: <laughs> That's a
5: great yeah, I'm idea. I'm reporting
6: from Taco Bell
5: right
2: I like now. The way and, uh, safe, Sarah.
4: Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show.
2: Attention, attention, Scotty J. Oh
4: wait, hold on, hold on. Is this George? <laughs> yes. Wait, hold on, just a second. Let me just. Uh... One big fiesta for illegal aliens and homosexuals. All right, hello,
2: sir. Hi, hi. How's everybody doing? Hey, I wanted to uh, bring this to the attention of Scotty J. If he could excise at 11:40 today.
4: Uh, hold uh, on, hold on, Scotty. Do you please dispel excise. E
6: X. C-I-S-E.
4: Very good. Hey, well good. done. Fantastic. Excellent. Ah. Um, if
2: you could excise the moment where Sarah says that she's going to tape down her knob and try to refrain from touching it.
4: Oh, we do that. <laughs> oh, I would appreciate George. that. George. Genius. I didn't even spot that. Well <laughs> done, sir. Thank you. Bye. All right. There you go. Just for that, you can call in one more time this week. It's 503-733-2970. That's fantastic. I did not say any such thing. Okay. Uh, Rick, speaking all this, I, wonder, I really wish that we could monitor and then retro-bill Taco Bell for all the people who may be in line there right now. I really That's wonder true. how many people have just, as soon as we started having this discussion about the, what is it, the Crispito Wrap? The Crunchwrap Supreme. Crunchwrap Supreme, I'm sorry. Um, I'm sort of conflating Taco Bell and Taco Time in my head.
5: Oh, Taco Time's good, too. Yeah, Taco Not Time is Not all people fantastic. like Taco Time. Now, you know.
4: I, I, I really do, though. I really do, too. Was it you that, uh, you and I and Matt all went there one time years ago after the show?
5: Oh yes, no, no, no. We drove out to like 120th 120...
4: Because it was and no, it was. It, it, it like... was. It was like it was way, way out on 82nd. I think because it was the only Taco Time we could find, and we had been. It was. It was a day just like today. We had been talking about Taco Time all day <laughs> long, and Taco Time. And this happened in around 1992, 93, where Taco Bell. And I'm not passing a judgment one way or the other because they, we we would welcome advertising dollars from them both. I'm just saying. Culturally speaking, Taco Bell really seemed to pass taco time at some point in the early to mid-90s. I don't exactly know why that happened. It, my theory well, is... because Taco Bell's cheaper. And because Taco Bell started staying open 24 hours mm-hmm. a day. Uh, I don't know that they all stay open 24 hours a day, but I know most of them have a drive through that's open until at least 2 or 3 a.m. And I remember when I was about, I don't know, I, I would have been probably 20, 21, I started seeing those ads. And I think Taco Bell, are they the ones that have the eat great even late? Is that them? Well, whoever but it's, but they were they were open either really late or 24 hours a day um, and so they really seemed to zoom past taco time especially with the youth demographic. when I was growing up though man taco time here's the great thing that taco time had Taco time had those crispy uh, beef burritos they were like the rolled up I mean they were basically taquitos they were they were rolled up uh, they were rolled up soft shell tacos that were then deep fried which are just fantastic. also let us not diminish the appeal of the Chaco taco uh, which is available at taco time. Choco taco, that
5: just sounds wrong.
4: It sounds wrong, but it's so right. Sarah. How can it
5: be right? It's what's wonderful. The, what's in it? It's
4: Good. basically a waffle cone made into a taco. You know what? I hate, it's all cream. I have
5: my is a, my snap peas and a Walla bar
4: and you know, no Taco Bell. what I have is I have a South Beach diet bar at my office. How lame am I? But Laura's gone. You don't need to. You don't need to diet anymore. Well, I'm just saying I don't have it. I don't have anything. I know, but I forgot to bring breakfast. And we should totally have
5: plads. a group trip to Taco Bell after the show.
6: Hey, I have an extra hot pocket if you want it. <laughs>
4: You're gonna tape down your button. <laughs>
5: Take down your knobs, Scotty.
4: <laughs> Picture yourself in a bathtub full of earthworms. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. That does not diminish the appeal of the child? Yeah, hey, hello? Hi. Turn, looking, uh, turn down your radio, sir. Uh, i where
2: Clyde Lewis is.
1: If turn, he's, uh, turn, uh, sir,
4: sir, turn down your radio, please. It is down. All right, thank you. What?
2: Clyde? Uh, Wondering where Clyde Lewis is. Clyde Lewis is doing, doing a
4: real job. Clyde Lewis has a real job. He did the sensible thing and left radio. He uh, is uh, Monday nights, 8 p.m. at uh, the Ground Zero Lounge at Dante's Downtown, sir. All right, thank you. Thank you. All right. Hi, Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hi, Rick. Hi, Rick. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you. Hey, um, yes.
1: I, I just kind of wanted to suggest, Rick, as opposed to beating yourself up over the, you know, guilty aspects of Taco Bell, think of it as health food from the standpoint that I'll think of something positive like, hey, Trap Supreme does not have any nicotine in it.
4: That is true.
1: That is true. And it's
4: not from China.
1: Exactly. Now right. um Sarah, yes. do you remember oh I don't know, when I was going to school in Pullman, there was a Taco Bell right on the corner of Main Street that angles off.
5: Oh yes. I, I spent a lot of time at Taco Time though there.
1: Taco Time. Was that Taco Time?
5: It was the yeah, the one on Main Street.
1: Yes, yes, you're right. You're right. Hey, Kids love your show, Rick. So, are you going to London with Rick?
5: No.
4: Yeah, we're, and we're gonna. I'm going to. No, I'm going we're gonna ride a tandem bicycle all over Europe. <laughs> no, no, she will be staying. Uh, she will. She'll be in New York. I'll be in London.
1: Okay, we're gonna miss you guys while you're away.
4: Love your show. Well, put Scotty, Scotty J. J on the end. Is he gonna do the show? Scotty. Yeah, it's just going to be full
6: time Scotty J. It's not
4: going to be full time Scotty J. It's oh, going, to be, uh, going to be there will be some best of segments and then Tim and Scotty will do uh, new news sections to to stitch them together.
2: Maybe you could do a call in spelling bee.
4: I actually might be. I'm going to try to call in actually from from London every now and again.
2: Oh, that would be great. All right. Call thank you. in when the call in when the Tower of London is I mean Big
4: Ben is striking. All right. All
6: right. Are you going to call from thank you, over sir. there?
4: Bye now. Love the show. All right, thank you. Uh yeah, because um I could actually do that because it's eight hours ahead, uh, more or less, and so um, I think because it would be like seven or eight o'clock London time as uh, the show is starting here. So there's no reason I couldn't do that.
6: It'd be cool to get a full-on report of what you know is going on over there, what you're looking at, what
5: you're doing. Sarah might call in
4: a time or two from New York. I'll call in from London. Yeah, Yeah. that'd be great. I mean, it's you know, so I I hope when
5: I happen to call last time I was in New York, I saw two celebrities.
4: Yeah, I mean we do. I have to say this. I mean, for such a trashy show, staffed by a tr- <laughs> trashy group of people, we do sound strangely continental. You no, know, Sarah will be in Manhattan while I will be in London. You know, I mean, it's just, it's, we do sound just ever so, like, if you tuned in for a second and didn't know who we were, you would think we were sophisticates.
6: Yeah, if I go into I the cool. coupe, we cover the whole planet. Meanwhile,
4: Scotty still lives in Beaverton. So, all right. Uh, right. Well, I don't, I don't have that We'll do, uh, there's nothing but Taco Bell calls now. Seriously, all those bastards who can go to Taco Bell right now. Seriously, somebody upstairs, send them a bill for this whole segment. Uh, we should take a break here. We'll come back. Scotty J. at the Ministry of Truth when we return. Later on, CNN radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum, Jim Roop. Ah, I love this song. Jim Roop coming up. Top five celebrities who choke to death in their own vomit. Uh, let's see. Penis Watch. Uh What else? Glorious Bastard of the Week. We'll also be giving away a deluxe edition of the Queen's Queensryche 2 CD Best of Set Sign of the Times. You stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. <laughs> It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Thank you, Rick. 503-733-2970. 503 733 By the way, we have the best mugshot of the day. And by best, I mean most unnerving. Do you, do you remember that? Um, do you remember that picture of the dog we had? That weird three-dimensional dog that looked up at the computer screen and then smiled at you?
5: And blinked.
4: Yeah, and blinked, and then would sort of tilt its head and kind of bare its teeth. And it has human teeth. Looking at your soul. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, do you remember Gollum? Now, do you remember Sloth from the Goonies? I wish for you not to merge all those together into your head. Okay. Sloth, Gollum, soul-destroying dog. Merge them all together. Now, go to RickEmerson.com. Click on most unnerving mugshot of the day, and then realize that this woman's mugshot was taken because she was arrested for... Having sex with a teenage boy. I'll just watch Sarah's reaction while it comes up. How do you know I'm looking at it? All right. Ooh. (laughs) Crazy eyes. She's got really crazy. What? Eyes. How can you get
5: a tooth all the way up
4: there? <laughs> yes. Don't let that anywhere near your winky. All right, let's uh, do this. Let's go to the Ministry of Truth with it's us. time for the Rick Emerson
0: Noon News Hour from AM 970 Solid State Radio. And, and now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Scotty J. Well,
6: well, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Scotty J in for Tim Riley. Remember that E. coli outbreak in Washington a little while back? Well, they did the consumer alert-based uh, based thing on it. That sick and six people.
4: Would you like to start this
6: again? <laughs> no, the alert was ordered by the U.S. Food Safety Inspection Service for uh, products uh, under the brand name Northwest Finest. Well, it's been linked to an Oregon meat company and... The meat company actually is Oregon-based Interstate Meats. That's it for that. Moving right along. And... <laughs> Speaking of Washington. I
4: wonder where we're going to have that. Speaking of Washington, you're about meat. Right, but this, the,
6: the E. coli outbreak was in Washington. Thank goodness we're sending our Oregon-tainted meat up there instead of to our local citizens.
4: I'm sure the people of Washington appreciate your support. <laughs> we're exporting death, death <laughs> to the north. Well done.
6: In Bremerton, Washington, residents are shaking in fear as police have arrested three teens accused of drive-by assaults with milkshakes.
4: Please tell me the shaking in fear line was was in the original story. No. Did you come up with that yourself? Really?
6: I did. I'm, I'm, I'm learning. I'm it, learning
4: from Tim Riley. I really am. I'm looking here. At the... It really he really did he did this himself actually. Police have arrested three teens accused of drive-by assaults with milkshakes, and Scotty has written above it. Bremerton, Washington residents are shaking in fear. He
5: actually
6: wrote it.
4: Right there. Shaking oh in God. fear. Did
6: I spell shaking right?
4: Uh, yeah, More or less. All right. <laughs> shaking. Well done, actually. No, I've been no, listening that's... to
6: Tim now for over a year, and I've noticed that he throws in little funny ways to tie stories together and whatnot. No,
4: and it's well done. And done. And it's it's very good. It's good.
6: Anyways, a 21-year-old woman was hit in the head while she was walking and suffered a broken collarbone and a concussion. Another 32-year-old man... That's made
4: up. You can't... What kind of milk is it? Milkshake made out of lead? Well, that's what I'm thinking. A milkshake won't break your collarbone.
6: Well, this 32-year-old man was hit in the back with two Wendy's milkshake cups. I totally smell a new fast food chain uh, lawsuit against cups.
4: Did you also write that part? I did. Yeah. Did it fit? I don't understand. Go back to the woman having her collarbone broken by a milkshake.
6: <laughs> <laughs> well, she was pretty shaken
4: up, as you can tell. Stop. Stop. Seriously. I'm, I'm, no, I'm just familiar. I'm trying to get to the bottom of this. So are you telling me that a woman was hit with a milkshake okay. and it broke her collarbone?
6: Okay, apparently she was walking in Bremerton, Washington, along the side of the road. Does it say and, what road? And, and, uh, no, it does not say the road. But it does say that uh, it was some 17, 16, 17-year-old 17 boys driving. Uh-huh. And apparently they must have just totally loaded up from the Wendy's drive-thru window on 7... With,
4: with milkshakes. Yeah. Which they like, then threw.
6: We would like 10 uh, Frosty's milkshake, please.
4: They then threw ice cream at her and
6: it broke her bones? Yeah, now I do believe this for one reason. The, have you? Is you this heard, from
4: KGW? Uh, absolutely. <laughs> so they made imagine it up. my surprise. <laughs> well,
6: here's the deal about these milkshakes. When you get a milkshake from they're Wendy's, really thick. It's
4: hard. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So okay. I don't
6: know if we can blame the cup in this instance, or if we have to blame the ice cream manufacturer or Wendy's for giving the ice cream out. I mean, it's just
4: going to be a All mess. Hi, uh, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hello. Hi, Rick. Hi there. Yes, sir. Hey, I own a I own a Taco Time. Oh really? Do you, sir? I love Taco yes. Town. Fantastic! If- you, you, which now do you, would you like to give the location? Yeah, I do. It's in the
2: Lloyd Center food court. I, I know how much you love Lloyd Center.
4: I but... do love Lloyd Center. Now, look, yes. now, just because I ridicule it doesn't mean I don't love it. <laughs> of, uh, of we course. ridicule Scotty, but we love him, too. <laughs> yes. uh, Scotty is the Lloyd Center of the radio world. <laughs> so talk, so there's that taco time at Lloyd Center. Now, yes. I have to admit, now, sometimes if I go to Lloyd Center, I am occasionally suckered in by that Cajun grill across the yes.
5: way. and I get the Thai food there sometimes, too.
4: So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So Okay, now... Um, I don't even know what to ask. So well, we've got a Taco well, about, Time rep. Well, yes? what you
2: were saying is you didn't know where we were located, you know, in close into town in Lloyd Center Mall. So you that is the right closest the one
4: because I think that, yeah, I the time that Sarah and Matt and I went to Taco Time, which was years ago, uh, I think that we actually had to drive all the way to 82nd and then, like, out like a thousand miles towards Clackamas or whatever to, do, to find <laughs> one. Um, let me ask you this what is the most popular, really, and. This is really this whole hour and a half about Taco Bell Taco Time everything. Right. I'm really just going to excerpt this and give this to my general sales manager and demand that they go flog some <laughs> advertising money out of you people. The what is the most popular item ordered at Taco Time?
2: It's the crisp meat, the one you were talking that, about. That
4: see, that's what I'm saying. That yeah. right there, that's the gold standard. How much does that go for these days? It goes for 250. Oh see, that's, oh, that's,
6: a, that's a lot because I remember the day when it was 99 cents. But I do love the chicken one. Could
4: you also get a popcorn and you know and you know and movie for a nickel? <laughs> Uh, So (laughs) 250, what's the second most popular item? I'm guessing, I'm saying for me, I'm guessing it's Mexi-tots. Well, yeah, the Mexi-fries. Mexi-fries, yes. But but
2: actually, we saw a lot of veggie burritos. Really? We actually do. We saw a lot of veggie burritos. Now,
4: is Taco Time, are you guys, um, how do I put this? Are you guys uh, attempting to sort of morph your image with the times to become, uh, to appeal more to health-conscious people, or are you... Um, are you happy to just sort of be the place that people go when they want something that is just sort of fat, satisfying and not, you know, not rabbit food?
2: We do our best, you know, to try to get the MSGs out and all that stuff, but, I mean, we kind of are what we are. But it is, but, it
4: is. I hate to say guilty pleasure because I'm not saying there's yeah. anything wrong with it, but, it's yeah. like, you you know, there's people, you know, like you want to eat tofu and lettuce or sometimes, man, you want to go and you just want to have, like, a fistful of a fistful of deep-fried meat.
2: Exactly. Well, like I said, we give options that you can come get the, we have a lot of people that get the veggie burrito. We have, you know, taco salad. We have some stuff that are, you know, a little more health-conscious.
4: Now, let me ask you this. Is, is, at taco time, is it you guys that have the, uh, what are they called, crustos? Yes, we do. Crustos. We crustos. Now, what is it? If you can tell me, this, if it's a trade secret. Exactly well, what is a crusto made from? What is that?
2: It's basically a tortilla cut into to, uh, squares or triangles, and then it's got cinnamon and sugar just oh. put on top. It's a very simple process. Oh, but, uh, fantastic.
4: Very good. That is, that, Man, I remember just, uh, especially in high school, I would just uh, that would be my lunch, man, just a big thing of crustos. Like if I didn't have a whole lot of cash on me, that was, that was right. exactly what I would eat for lunch. Excellent. What is your name, sir? Todd. Todd, and you run the Taco Time at Lloyd Center Mall. I own the Taco Time at Lloyd Center Excellent. Mall. Excellent. Thank you, sir, and continued success to you. I love your restaurant. All right. Thanks for the plug. Thank pleasure. you, my friend. There you go.
6: Only you would say, I love your restaurant. I do. do I do, too. Again. i got to say one thing about Taco I'm Time. I'm not proud. Is it always, I'm not just saying I'm this. I'm not, I mean, I mean, I'm not, I taste... mean, I just, this is ridiculous. Know, we need to fresh. stop
5: talking about this. i starving, and this sucks. <laughs> <laughs>
6: you know, really, their lettuce, they're, they're, all the stuff just tastes, like, fresh out of the farm.
4: To me. You've gone too far. At the now. lettuce farm? <laughs> <laughs> step too far. No, I'm I'm no elitist. I absolutely was. You know, I used to, and I used to work at a taco time, too. That's the other thing. Um, so I have a little bit of, that's the other thing. I have a little, even now, 20 years after the fact, I have just the tiniest bit of uh, of employee allegiance to that place. Yeah, every,
6: um, every time I worked in a fast food place, I made it about a week before getting fired. Me too.
4: Reason. Me too. Sarah, have you worked fast food? No. Really? mm. That's kind of impressive,
5: actually. I worked, in, well, I worked at Red Robin. Well, uh, that
4: doesn't really count. No paper hat.
5: I worked at a lot of restaurants.
6: Yeah. I remember working at Arctic Circle, and I got put back on the line for like half a day, and she's like,
4: get off my Artists. line. Get out now, of Now, what here. is the line? Is that where you assemble the hamburgers? Right,
6: right. And they had all these weird hamburgers and sandwiches and this, that, and whatnot, and I'm like, put lettuce
4: on this and cheese this, on that. This, and oh, whatnot. forget it. Did you have to do it? Well, Scotty and I are just having fast food talk here. The um, Arctic Circle, they don't have here. Well, Arctic Circle, they don't have here. Uh, They don't have any Arctic Circles in the Northwest. They've finally
6: just gone away over the last, you know, don't quote
4: me, but like five years. Well, I think in the Midwest, Arctic Circle became Hardee's. Okay. I think Hardee's is what Arctic Circle used to be. I think that they were two restaurants owned by the same company. And I think gradually all the Arctic Circles in the world turned into Hardee's. Now, have you heard of Herfie's before? They're like Arby's. That's an unfortunate name. Really? Um, <laughs> and and, and <laughs> Where so they get them all
6: mixed up, but uh, I don't even know if herpes are around anymore, but they were exactly like an Arby's with, you know, the roast beef and the cheese and the buns. Yes.
5: <laughs> when was the last time you had Herfies? <laughs> Uh
6: This weekend.
4: Can to go, go get some after work? <laughs> um, no, Arctic Circle. Here's the thing about Arctic Circle is that they don't sell coffee. Because they are a... Because it is a an LDS company. It's a Mormon company. Um, That's weird. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's true. And I worked there. Hardee's had that big-ass hamburger. It was just massive. It was huge. I forget what it was even called. Um, no, I worked at Taco Time, and they did this thing where... Uh, is, I think this might have just been this Nazi woman who ran it. I don't think it was Taco Time as such. But, um, I
6: worked for the same lady. No, I'm serious.
4: There was this woman who, like, she would put grated cheese into your hand, and you would have to tell her how much it weighed. Because they had this thing where, like, every taco had... I forget what it was, you know, like whatever, like a quarter ounce of cheese, and they're like, okay, now uh, you put half an ounce of, uh, you know, tomatoes, a quarter ounce of cheese, three ounces of meat, and then two ounces of tomatoes or whatever it was, um, and so you had to get to the point where she could, where you had to be able to weigh the cheese in your hand and know how much it was, and I remember spending about three hours one day, big pile of shredded cheese, a little scale like it, like the kind you weigh cocaine and postage on, and then my hand, and sitting there. So I could, ma- it was like some weird, when you can snatch the pebble from my hand. It was like weird kung fu in hell. So it was
6: snatching the cheese then.
4: Totally. It was where I was having to learn how to weigh and identify the weight of cheese in my hand. It was just ridiculous. Did you pass? No, 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 F no. No, and they fired me, by the way. I should say that. They fired my ass. Um, let's see, what other fast food restaurants you work at? I worked at Sea Galley. Remember that? Sea Galley. We've we've got crab Sea Galley. Another situation Sea Galley. People outside the Northwest don't know from Sea Galley. Oh, I loved that. that Laura grew up in Utah, you know, and she had never, we moved, we went to my hometown of Kennewick one time and I'm like, hey, look, there's the Sea Galley. She's like, what's that? And I'm like, Sea Galley? Come
6: on. I know they had the best rice pilaf in the planet. Do you remember? They did have really good rice pilaf.
4: Oh,
5: I hate rice pilaf. Really? Why are we talking about food? It's a lunch hour.
4: Look, Sarah, yeah, we're hungry. Who, what's the rule that we have to just talk about I pus and boils Scottie, in the lunch hour?
5: We send Scotty J out to Taco Bell. I, I mean, could go to several restaurants. One thing to do.
4: Usually the lunch hour is nothing but stories about mold and gangrene and gaseous feces. I mean, it's, why can't we talk about rice pilaf now and again? You don't like rice pilaf? No, I oh, love it. Really? Ugh.
6: When I, was a I don't child, like a lot
5: of rice dishes.
6: Hmm. When I was a child for my birthday, I wanted to do this, and I never I never quite did it, but go to, like, several fast food restaurants in a day. So I want to get fries, supposedly, from McDonald's. I want to go to... Make it a uh, whole
0: fast... K- yeah, I want own. to go to... Like why a Morgan don't you do that chicken? today and start
5: with Taco Bell? Like
6: a Morgan, Morgan Spurlock kind of a thing? Because I'm thinking Taco Time now. That guy talked me into
4: it.
5: Do people actually listen to us? I don't know. I don't know. Hey, I, I don't think anyone... Anyway.
4: <laughs> I don't understand why. I worked at Sizzler, too. Sizzler. Sizzler. Sizzler, which of course is always located right next to a seagull. And,
6: and the funny part is, uh, they ran out of vests, and I was with, like the salad
4: boy and the busser and the, the dishwasher. Salad boy. <laughs> <So> <laughs> they gave me this girl's vest. So you had to you had to uh, you had to keep the salad fresh. Yes. You had to occasionally go out and toss the salad
6: <laughs> daily. Anyways, I would wash dishes, right? And they would at such a young age. I was seventeen. They would hand me beer in a in like a pint and we'd we'd hide it in the dishwasher <laughs> 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 that is pretty great. And the manager would come by. How's it going, guys? It's fine. It's, yeah, it's, it's hard
4: to believe that you became an alcoholic. I can't imagine where that might have started. Seventeen-year-olds <laughs> hiding beer in a dishwasher at seventeen. <laughs>
6: that was a, that was another place where they tried me out. Hey, do not you become a cook? All right, I'm in. I'll do it. And I and I lasted about a you know a day or so, and I just couldn't.
5: So Every time anyone's tried to move you up in a company, you last a day, and then pretty
4: much. So this is really the most successful you've ever story. been in anything. Is this? Uh, that's sad, yes. Typically, that's the kind of behavior you associate with a 45-year-old lush in the suburbs, by the way, where he's hiding beer in a Stetson bottle or something. Um, Let's see.
6: I got about, what, uh, three more years, four more years? Well, I'll there
4: was there was a Sizzler right across the street from Sea Galley in Kennewick, and all those restaurants are kind of the same, aren't they? There's sort of. Sea Galley, Red Robin, Sizzler. Red Robin um, was awesome. Olive Garden. I got all the fries I could eat. Yeah, they're all... They're Olive all, Garden
6: is kind of stepping up a pinch, I'd say. Applebee's, Olive Garden, they're... Olive Garden's a classing
5: it up too much? It's, it's Olive a little Garden too classy for
6: me. <laughs>
4: Okay.
5: Um, there's an Olive Garden slash uh, Red Lobster. Really? In, um, in Remerton. I, I, when the family goes out for, you know, like fancy dinner night. there's a restaurant
4: everyone can agree on. And,
5: well, we either, we'll either stand in the parking lot and decide whether or not we want to go to the
4: Olive Garden or Red Lobster. It, well, they are. It is interesting that that's sort of – I wonder if those are all the same company. Red Robin, Olive Garden, Sea Galley, Sizzler, you know, that type. Because doesn't it seem like they're all the same type of restaurant for reasons you can't quite explain? And I'm not trying to knock anybody. Really, I'm not. I'm just saying – for reasons you can't really put your finger on, it's they are the same type of restaurant in, a, and it's like they're one by one covering every genre. Well,
6: let me put it this way: uh, there's a certain. I'll just say it. Pepsi, for instance, they used use to do. own. No, I think Pepsi. I, I think you're Colorado right. Bell no, no, no.
4: You, you know, I think you're right. I think Pepsi does own a lot of those restaurants, which is why I think Pepsi owns Red Robin, actually, which is why maybe they've got a similar. Uh, Do they, s-
6: they don't serve Coke in there, right? So, as far as Coca Cola or Pepsi, they serve what they own. So,
4: yeah, no, that is interesting. I hadn't thought about that. Real, just to wrap this up real quickly, I worked at uh, I worked at Taco Time. I worked at God, what other fast food? You didn't fast work fast at
6: McDonald's? See, I'm no, they so- wouldn't hire
4: me. They wouldn't hire me, and for a long time, on the back of my bedroom door, I kept a rejection letter from McDonald's. Uh, just- I kept it hung in the back of my bedroom door because I found it. Not even really depressing, just sort of like grimly funny. You know what I mean? That I was such an f up as a teenager, and it's not like I was some juvenile delinquent. But I mean, I, you know, we've talked. I mean, I, I've talked about how as a teenager I didn't really fit in, you know, and 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 I, I was I was just a real misfit. I mean, even even as teenagers go, I was really a misfit, and I did, I just didn't fit in a lot of places. And my friends were all out getting jobs, and I proved incapable of even getting like the the, the most entry level of jobs. I went to apply at McDonald's. My friend and I applied on the same day. They hired him, and they sent they, t- they sent me packing. They sent me a thing in the mail like, we regret that you do not meet our current needs at this time. And I hung it on the back of my door because even then I was sort of like, well, what are you going to do? And I recognized that it was sort of perversely hilarious that I was not good enough to get a job at McDonald's. I mean.
6: That is the 100% Arctic Circle story for me, that 100%. I mean, I felt like a hooser. And I was doing the garbage,
4: and she fired me. I mean, I couldn't <laughs> believe it. Genius. My uh, final story. I worked at an Orange Julius too. Oh, that's the other fast food restaurant. A time. lot of the product. Later? Yeah, but oh, I still to this day I love Orange Julius. Oh yeah,
5: I have I have people I went to high school with that work at the Orange Julius at the mall in Bremerton. Oh, so, oh. so depressing. It's, I used
4: to hear blenders in my sleep too because. Mm. Orange Julius is so good. Yeah, but Orange Julius. What's your favorite Orange Julius really flavor? Hi. Orange. I don't like no, know. What? Re- Listen how real it is relatable Thursday. I like the strawberry. The strawberry, that's my favorite oh, flavor too. So good. Every now and again I do the old school orange, but the strawberry is great. And then they have the seasonal ones. Like every now and again they do the raspberry. I think they would do a Christmassy one too. Not cranberry, but some Christmas, some holiday thing. Uh do they mix banana and strawberry by They time? do banana, mm-hmm. yeah, they yeah. do the banana. Uh but uh, you know, and the thing is Is Orange Julius still around? Well, it used to be I don't know. I don't know. Somebody will tell us. Uh, we have all these calls to get to, but somebody will tell us. Um, the thing about Orange Julius is it's easy to knock Orange Julius, but you know what? That stuff is, um, at least when addicting. I worked there, addicting. But you know, when I worked there, at least, all that stuff at Orange Julius was fresh. Uh, I don't know that it still is. But when I worked at Orange Julius, that stuff was all I mean, it was like a huge thing of strawberries in the back, and then it was basically just a huge pile of strawberries um, that were chopped up, ice. And then a secret little uh, there was like a little teaspoon of like a secret powder that was basically like a sugar and a thickener, but it was a big pile of straight. It was all made fresh, so I don't know if it still is, and they served a pizza dog, which was fantastic It was um I don't like the cheeseburgers that I oh, Cheeseburgers are good. No, they were really good And it was trashy but great. there was a dog it was a hot dog covered in pepperoni, cheese and tomato sauce, and then microwaved, you know whatever. And it was really trashy, but it was so good. Uh, let's do uh, Hi Rick Emerson show. hello
1: hey, hey, Rick, how's it going? what's up? I'll try to make it quick, but I got two few Taco Bell stories and a couple little anecdotes for Scotty. All right. All right. First of all, uh, I used to work at Taco Bell as a janitor. I'm sorry, you what? I worked graveyard at Taco Bell.
4: Uh-huh.
1: That was when they were switching over to 24 hours a right. day.
3: Right, right.
1: Instead of hiring more people to make the food at night, me and the other janitor would be scrubbing toilets and dishes and floors and making your wonderful food. Oh,
4: no, great. Gross. Thanks, great, thank you. Thanks. More. Okay.
1: All right, and then this you're not going to like. About, oh, because
4: uh, I love the other one, because the other one was mouth-watering. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not hungry.
1: Mostly vegetarian, but I love the Mexican pizza, I have to admit it. Yeah. And I got one, and there was some kind of brown flap of something in my thing that wouldn't cut with my spork. Brown <laughs>
4: flap? <laughs> I, I, I A brown flap up <laughs> of something that wouldn't <laughs> cut with my spork.
1: I took it to the counter, and they said to me, they said sometimes we get some cow skin in our beef. Oh. And I said cow skin and they
4: shushed me. <laughs> we will pay you off. Cow it's skin. skin. Sh- sh- X-nay. Here's hundred grand. Yes, yeah, seriously. Here's <laughs> ten more free pizzas. Oh, uh Scott. They asked if the I wanted
1: food food. another one. I said no. Oh. Thank you, sir. Okay, real quick, real quick. Uh, Scotty. Yes, sir. I uh, I worked at Arctic Circle oh, for I six days. It. They told me I was doing great. So on my seventh day, at the end of the week, they fired me for no reason, so don't worry. And then Sizzler, I worked for a week. I was a dishwasher. I said, screw this, and I left during my lunch. They begged me to come back next week. I went for one day and left on my lunch again.
0: Yeah, now,
6: what Sizzler are we talking about real fast? See,
5: this is all in Eugene. Okay. He
4: started this right. I know, son, it's, it's my fault. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. All right, there you go. Did you ever watch that show? A flap um, of meat I couldn't cut with I thought he was going to say bat wings. Did right? you ever watch that show, Bizarre Foods? Yes, I've watched that a couple what of times What is the guy's now. name? He's the food critic from the New York Times, I think. It's a pretty great show. He is, I hate to put it this way, he's a jolly fat man. Yes. He's a jolly bald fat man. Jolly like only a fat man can be. Uh, and they send him to all these different parts of the globe. He's a hilarious guy. He really is. And he just eats. All he says all the time is, mm. Yeah. Mm, and it's mm. what, it, what they'll do is they'll, they'll give him like a local, like a local who lives there, they'll give him a guide. Some guy who speaks English and then whatever the local language is. And the guy will take him. And it's not like novelty food, you know, but it's like it, it's it's um, bizarre things that are part of the local cuisine. I forget his name, Andrew Zimmer Andrew or Zimmer. something like that. So yeah. he'll go to a local, he'll go to a country, and they'll find him a guide, and the guide will take him to eat things that the locals actually eat, not the stuff that they get, you know, if you're an American and you go to a restaurant and they cater to Americans. Uh, and he went to some uh, country, and I forget what it was, but it was literally it was it was something called cow heel soup, and it was just. A guy, a street vendor makes it, and it's just a huge tureen full of, full of cow heels. I think that was in Mexico. Maybe. But it was just a huge thing full of cow heels. And then there was something called cow skin soup. And I, it was just a big Ew. bowl of soup filled with cow skin. Okay.
6: Well, that's kind of what I think about that show. Because everything lunch he eats, hour. he'll go over to Taiwan and eat just crazy bugs. like
4: He'll, he'll Taiwan on. Uh, <laughs> apparently, Orange Julius is still around, by the way. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show.
1: Hey, man, yeah, I saw that guy eat some effed-up stuff in Japan once. It's a great
4: show, but, boy, that he eats some bizarre things, yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. But, uh, hey, I was calling to uh, say, you know, I think you could actually break a collarbone with a milkshake.
4: Now, how is that possible? I mean, unless you're, like, some some old person with honeycombed bones.
2: Well, uh, but I'm just thinking, like, if, if they're driving along at, like, you know, 25, 30, maybe 35 miles an hour, and the guy hucks it at her, you know, like, that that milkshake is going to be going like you know thirty to forty miles an hour. I mean you know if, 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 if they threw it at a skinny little uh, you know twiggy chick, then yeah, I mean
4: could have broken a collarbone. Like, like threw it at Principal Skinner's mom, if bones are half <laughs> yeah. dust. Uh, and well, maybe just maybe we yeah, should do I some mean, sort of an experiment. Scotty, go stand in the parking lot and somebody will drive by and throw something at you. All right, thank you, sir. <laughs> All right, man, take All right care. Man, Thank you, my friend. Uh, let's do. Come Maybe we should send Scotty we'll Jay
5: out to get a milkshake, and then we can throw it at him, and then he can come my Taco
4: Bell and get us um, I'm sort of a theme in your conversations about Scotty today. Is somebody hungry? No. Hi, oh, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hi, Rick. Hi. Hey, uh, Arctic, sir
1: southeast, right on McLaughlin Boulevard, just about a mile and a half south of CD Game Exchange.
4: Is that true? So there is an Arctic Circle out there?
1: Yep. It used to be an old dairy Queen, and they just bought it and changed it over about three, four months ago. Fantastic. And, uh, yeah, it's just south of that you know, rent-your-wheels place.
4: All right. Excellent. Cool. Thank you, my friend.
1: Bye. All right. I appreciate that. One more, and then we probably
4: should take a break. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello.
1: Yeah. I I was also calling to comment about the Arctic Circle, not the customary Arctic Circle that, uh, that you used to see. You know, back in the day, back in the early 80s. Uh Uh-huh. And uh, also about that Arctic Circle, they used to have the, um, like, the Happy Meal, if you will, with the...
4: um, But it wasn't like a Happy Meal. It was like a fun, a jolly, jolly meal or something. Yeah, it was a fun
1: pack, and and they had the Halloween Meal. Yeah. It had, like, Frankenstein and Dracula and the Wolfman, and you were supposed to go trick-or-treating with the box.
4: Yeah, Now the Happy Meal, boy, you want to talk about just one of the most just a breakthrough in marketing just one of the – in marketing uh, terms and in advertising terms and business in a business sense that happy meal is one of the most brilliant inventions in the history of the world well, i mean if they
1: called them sad meals no one would
4: buy them <laughs> an unhappy meal it's just filled with spiders and blood
1: <laughs> and then hurricanes uh, there was a Herpes in uh, in vancouver back in the late 70s <laughs> and I they actually in had, the 70s like, of, of course yeah they had, like, a bar where kids could sit up to the bar back when uh, Burgerville still had trains in all of their restaurants.
4: Yeah. Did Burgerville – when was that?
1: Well, in the late 70s, early, early 80s, every Burgerville had, like, a train where it was, like, the the front of an old locomotive. Yeah. Like a big plastic, molded plastic Oh, train. I see.
3: Okay. All right. And
1: it was in the restaurant. And then where the conductor would sit was, like, a little – um like a half table and it was like half of a booth and you could sit there and eat in the front of the train and then the car behind it was like a full on booth in the center of the restaurant
4: that's very cool it had like no
1: signs sort of no like
4: uh, sort of like some of those uh some of those spaghetti places that have like a train theme going on inside
1: exactly yeah. so then they also had a beverage called the frosty lime which was basically a a lime flavored um kind of like a, a really really icy slurpy thing and uh, but then that's gone, and so's the train. But Herfy's sat the, <laughs> the same thing with the bar, oh, and had actual saddles it, that you could sit stand. on.
4: All right, excellent. And eat your food. So there you have it. Thank you, my friend. Yes. All right, there you go. I appreciate it.
6: The, the Herfy's sign was a big buffalo head. I'm pretty positive
4: of that. We have to end this conversation. Uh, Jesus, it's 12:30. An hour and a half of this stupid program. <laughs> gone. Gone from this place. All right, we'll take a break. Come back after this. Scotty J improbably filling in for Tim Riley today. Uh, later on, we have CNN radio correspondent Steve Castum on Jim Roof, top five musical acts that choke to death on their own vomit. And uh, we'll be giving away a couple copies of Queen's Rites, uh CD, Sign of the Times, two-disc best of set. You say that it's The Rick Emerson Show. Seven three three two nine seventy. Now joining us in the studio, the gatekeeper, Dave Zinn. Hi, Dave Zinn. Hey. How
0: are you? I'm good. A little shaken up. Why? I don't know. All right. Peter so, from...
4: So what is it? So you just brought something into the studio here.
6: A guy named Peter wanted to give Sarah some uh, Crunchwrap burritos yes. and some
4: Visos.
5: Thank you, Peter.
4: Love it. Which, by the way, we should know that this is—that was not the whole point of the last. Uh, no, hour I was actually
5: planning it. on going after.
4: <laughs> seems to be just an unintended uh, benefit. So this is Peter from Nickel Arcade. That is correct. All right, excellent. Is Up he, and coming band in he, the Portland he, area. The, 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 this is the uh, the pack of nineteen-year-olds that make us feel like losers because oh, they've it. already put out like a flawless pop album and we're we and we suck. Um, so this is that a Crunchwrap Supreme this right Crunch there? Crunchwrap Supreme, it's so good. Now, can you just save me like a small corner of that maybe because you know I've never had one. Would you mind saving me just a, a you small? You should try it on there. Well, just, just just like just eat everything, but just leave me like a little corner, and I'll and I'll when you're done, because you, your your satisfaction is more important than my own, Sarah. You <laughs> bring you multiple? <laughs> there is you it a me. bag full of Crunch Crunchwrap <laughs> Supremes? Well, you just let me know when you're done, and I'll just have like the small leaving. No, I've got to no, I gotta
5: eat the whole thing. You've got that one's yours. This this whole one's all fine. right.
4: Uh, excellent. Well, thank you, uh, thank, thank you, Peter. We appreciate that. All right. Thank excellent. you, Dave Zin, Thank you, Dave, Zin. for being God, the bearer of wonderful. God bless you, Thank you for broadcasting. It's, it's what we do. Thank you. There Hugs you all around. Dave Zen, ladies and gentlemen, nice. the gatekeeper. All right, here's uh, Scotty J. in for Tim Riley. How's your crunch wrap, Supreme? It's awesome. Dave. I guess I should have foreseen that that, that would happen, that uh, somebody that would take pity. Because you really did sound, I don't want to say pathetic, but you did sound like you were about to collapse from Taco Bell desire. It was a whole lot of, oh, if only I could leave for a moment so to go to good. Taco Bell. All right.
6: Don't worry about it, though. We're not hungry, so.
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah, thanks for not offering any to there's Scotty. Been, right <laughs> it's kind of hard
6: to think and do the news and not eat.
4: Sirs, eating your Crunchwrap Supreme like seven inches away. That thing is huge. I mean, mm. it is it's worth big...
5: all six hundred calories.
4: <laughs> well, yeah, that's great. You need a you need a taco <laughs> friend. All right, here's uh, Scotty J.
6: Well, disgraced former prosecutor Mike Nifong uh, pleaded not guilty. Surprise, surprise. Th- this morning to criminal contempt charges stemming from his failure. failure got a mouthful of marbles again, from his failure to turn over a complete DNA testing results during the now discredited Duke lacrosse rape case. Uh, if he is found in contempt, Nifong could face up to thirty days in jail and a huge fine of five hundred dollars for completely tearing these guys' lives. Five
4: hundred dollars and what? What else?
6: Thirty days in jail. Really?
4: I mean, that's some it? people
6: get that more for their first offense driving uh, on the road uh, after drinking. I mean, and they they're fined thousands of dollars. This guy totally screwed these guys' lives up, including like when they $500? go five hundred dollars. when they go to get a job. Oh, you're that. Kid oh
4: yeah, day you're day. the right yeah. guy. Oh yeah, that's great. Hey, while Sarah's eating, let's read this. Rick, while shopping about ten years ago, I grabbed a bag of jerky treats for my dog. I got home and Walmart. No. Don't you worry about it. I'm enjoying. Yeah. While my then ex-wife is taking the food out of the bags, she tears open the bag of jerky treats and begins munching away on one of them. I see this, and I stop her and say, whoa, 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 don't eat those. Those are for the dog. She spits it out, and it begins flipping out, and I said, well, okay, don't worry about it. It probably is just meat. So I look on the ingredients list, and besides all the soy fat, dye, and sulfates, it reads the necessary beef requirement, and then, I'm not kidding, dried cow lungs. She ran in the bathroom, throwing up, yelling, I hate you, Michael. Thank you, Michael. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hello, sir. Oh, hello. Hi, how are you, sir?
1: All right, how you doing? What's
4: up, brother?
2: Hey, brother. I got an email from you guys saying to call, so that's what I
1: did. Oh, for
4: the love of sweet God.
6: <laughs> is this a new one?
4: Is this a new Somebody one? Somebody is really a
6: funny, funny person. a guy out there, out there is wait am- wait.
4: amusing himself by sending out. I do believe that there's some guy. Really? Oh,
6: he tried to sabotage an interview. Life was... Something. No, not that. I was wondering what you guys wanted to do. There's
4: some Maybe guy, his, uh... some guy, no, there's, apparently there is some guy out there, a lifeless and dateless, uh, <laughs> who then is sending, because you can, uh, like, if you send, they have you an email program. Like, you can adjust your email program to say whatever you want as the outgoing name or the outgoing
5: email address. So he's
4: pretending to be No, I think he's the same guy. He's something. You're going to go, Rick Emerson, and, and pretend to be whatever. He sent to that Ben guy yesterday. So, yeah. No he, booger, right? Or, well, yeah, whatever the same to be booger. Yeah. If so, you yes, receive that, sir, that's a, uh, that's not a, re- that is not that is not a genuine email
2: oh, i was wondering what you wanted to do with the radio guy from washington DC. no that is a uh,
4: <laughs> that is a dateless loser sir all right my friend all right thank you there you go all right <laughs> that is really weird I, is <laughs> you're, Busy. it really is it's a whole lot of basement typing is what that is hi you're on the rick emerson show hello
1: oh come on gang at the end of the day is eating dog treats that much worse than eating at taco bell
4: Nah, you said that sir i didn't yeah, I mean, Taco geez,
1: Bell. it's a reason it's that cheap. Yeah, I mean, they go for flavor, but oh my goodness, Sarah, you must care more than that about what you actually put in your body.
5: You know, this is a this is my 600 calories for the day.
4: Seriously, all right. Well, Thanks you guys, you guys welcome. are awesome. Have a good one. We love Taco Bell. We would be well. <laughs> I we just folded like I did. Right, I gotta go. We love Taco Bell and welcome their advertising dollars any day. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hey, it's Julia. Hi, Julia. Hey, Julia, the former job shadower. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. How are you, sister? What's up?
1: Pretty good. Not bad. I just wanted to to say hope you had a great summer. I did. I just wanted to thanks for listening because I'm going back to school next
4: week. Now, when is it? Is it only, was it this summer? When was it you came in to do the job shadowing thing? It's all a blur to me.
1: That was like, oh, it was February
8: uh, 13th because that was Black Love Day.
4: And so February 13th. So that was, was that February 13th of this year, 2007? Yeah. And so what grade are you going to be when you go back to school?
9: Senior. Senior. ah, Mm -hmm.
4: Excellent. So I'm not going to give you some tedious, pointless speech about the golden years. Enjoy the greatest time. Seriously. Yeah, they're already over. No, (laughs) no, no, really. No, seriously. Anybody, when you grow up, and and I don't mean to talk to you like an old guy, but seriously, as you go out into the adult world and you become whatever, 20, 25, 30, 35, you will meet people who continually insist to you that high school years are the best years of your life. Those people are retarded. There's something really wrong with anyone who looks back on their high school years as the greatest time in their lives. You know what I mean? The
5: only people who had the greatest time of their lives in high school still live in Bremerton and now have like six
4: kids. You'll be able to meet them driving a forklift at a Home Depot somewhere. So so high school this year will probably suck, hopefully less than the others have sucked. Uh, But it only gets better from there. So uh, so enjoy school, and uh, we hope to see you again at some point, Julia. All right, sure. Right. Thank you, Sister. There you go. That's Julie, who was a job shadower uh, earlier in the year. All right, here's uh, Scotty J in for Tim Riley.
6: Well, we talked about an E. coli outbreak and, and who it was linked to a little earlier today, so why not talk about West Nile virus happening in Union County? Health officials confirmed three new human cases of West Nile virus, bringing the county total for the summer to four. Health officials say about one person in five who exhibit symptoms of the mosquito-borne illness seek Medical attention, and about one in 150 are, that are infected will have severe symptoms including high fever, headache, disorientation, coma, vision loss, numbness and paralysis. Last year Oregon reported 73 I was waiting for the good news,
4: but I guess there really is no happy well, end of the 73 story. of
6: these cases were reported last year in Oregon so uh, you know if you think the mosquitoes are cute when they're on your arm, uh, you should probably kill them.:
4: Yes, everybody thinks they're cute. I myself plan to raise thousands of little mosquitoes at home,
6: Scotty. <laughs> oh, I am, because I have a pool that turned green, and there's tons of bugs in it. And
4: do you put that stuff, do you put that, uh, what is that stuff called, a water shock or pool well, shock? Well, yeah, there's,
6: there's the shocks stuff, but I've been using this all-in-one thing that's supposed to shock it, kill the green algae, and, you know, give chlorine all at the same time. And it used to work really well, but now it's just, I don't know if I put too much in there or oh, what, dude. but it's like yellow-green. All I'm... All I remember,
4: maybe the toilet needs to be closer to the pool. Maybe that's what you need to do. I remember once growing up we had this uh, yeah, it was just an above ground pool, but we had this pool. I remember my dad threw that like shock stuff in there at one point, which is which is like a, a super chlorine. Shock is sort of like um it's like if you have contact lenses. There's the daily cleaning and then there's like that the hella cleaning you do where you put it in and it's like, you know, it's like boric acid or something, it just burns off the impurities. So you can do this with swimming pools where it's these huge ass at least at the time, these huge ass tablets you would put in the pool, like Imagine like an Alka-Seltzer tablet about the size of a coffee co- table coaster and about three inches thick, and he would throw two of those in the pool and then you, I remember the thing clearly saying that you had to stir them around now and again because otherwise they would burn through the bottom of the swimming pool. And my dad tossed a couple of those in the pool and neglected to tell anybody. And my brother, my brother got home from school. Well, it's a hot day. I can't wait to cool off in the pool. And jumped it really, and it was like he was jumping into a pool filled with piranha. I remember he jumped in the pool and lasted about forty seconds before, as he put it later, a curious burning sensation <laughs> set in all over his skin, and he was the color, I man. He he looked like a broiled lobster for the rest of the day. And really when you're me uh, and about 15 and older than he is, that's the funniest part of your week. That really is the highlight of your day. Um, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello.
0: Hello. Hello. Hey, uh, Rick.
1: Yes, sir. Uh, on Monday, you and Tim were talking about some emailer guy who, who you've who complained all the time and you've got some sort of automatic Walking
4: on him or no, no no we we're talking about the corrector there's this guy okay. there's a guy who. there's a guy out there that has for the longest time his whole life is sitting down because here's the thing is that I know this will come as a big shock to you but every now and again uh, Tim passes along something in the news that is incorrect every now and again Tim's news reporting not altogether accurate and I know that we are all stunned by this news and there's this guy out there who Tim has taken to calling the corrector who sits by the radio and just grows apoplectically enraged every time Tim or, or I are wrong about, like, some fact or some figure, which is like you know what, and, you know, people correct me about stuff all the time. That's fine. I don't have any problem with it, whatever. But most people call up and they're just like, hey, hey, a-hole, you might want to know blah, blah, blah. That's fine. This guy just sends, though, just these completely, I mean, like, encyclopedic screeds to us like joyless, humorless, completely uninteresting, where he just, like, loses his mind about Tim mispronouncing something or giving some fact or figure wrong. And the guy sent something the other day, and Tim just felt compelled to note that, like, he has created a brand-new blocking system that just sends the guy's emails directly to the trash can so they are now never seen. And so uh, I believe Tim ended that with, uh, enjoy your life and why don't you find one. So, yes. So,
1: I mean... Uh, do you have... I mean, how many people
4: are on that list? Oh, no, it's just the, it's just the one
1: guy.
2: Oh, okay, because...
4: No, probably 90% of my email and 90% of these phone calls that we get every day are people who need to correct something I've said that's just patently incorrect, which is fine. It was it was just this single guy who had, I think, sufficiently annoyed Tim. Uh, because Tim, Tim, I mean, Tim's been radio longer than I have. He typically just, you know, reads it, hits the delete button, forgets about whatever. There was this one guy, though, uh, that had just... And it... it It seems like it takes, you know, like Tim is pretty easily annoyed, but really he's got a pretty thick skin for most things. But this one guy had sufficiently irritated Tim and it had earned his contempt and ire to the point that Tim had created a specific email blocking rule just for this one guy whose whose name I will not even stoop to use. And I do know his name because Tim's like, look at this email from this jackass. (laughs) And the
5: guy. It's funny to hear Tim swear too. Totally off
4: the air, dude. Tim, look at this effing moron that keeps emailing me. I am creating a specific rule just to send his mail to the trash. So it is for this one guy who Tim has taken to calling the corrector. So the corrector's emails will uh, will no longer be read.
2: Okay, cool. Because I just thought maybe that uh, you know you had a whole bunch of people that you were blocking.
4: Oh no 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 no! I don't. I actually don't do anything. I don't block any of my email. And to my knowledge, uh, to my knowledge, Tim only blocks the one guy. And that's because the guy's emails were all just unbelievably long and time-consuming to read, and I think Tim just grew really... No, I don't block it. He... Okay, well, I'll keep emailing you stuff that you won't read. Well, oh, no, he, please he, do. If I, yeah, if I blocked everybody who had a problem with me or who wanted to correct me, I'd get no email or call. It's
6: not just that. Don't you get hundreds of emails a day? How how could you possibly get through them all?
4: Yeah, no, I don't. It, is, so I don't, it doesn't matter to me. I mean, it probably, let me look here. Since today is Thursday, so I'm looking at today's mail, probably... I would say 60% of the emails I'm looking here. Here's, listen, here's some sample subject lines. Rick, you're wrong. The collarbone really is easy to break. How about this one? Rick, you're really, really, really wrong about Arctic Circle. There's one up on 82nd. How about this one? Jesus Christ! Don't you live in Portland? There's three Arctic circles here, so I get you can delete those three now. Probably, probably sixty percent of the emails I received during the fast food conversation uh, were people wanting me to know where fast food restaurants are, which is fine. That's great. So no, it was Tim had taken to blocking though uh, this one guy who I think had just annoyed him sufficiently that Tim needed uh, Tim needed the nuclear option on that one. All right, here's uh, Tim Riley. I'm sorry, Scotty J.
6: Well, enough of the viral diseases we've been talking about. How about we talk about graffiti, skeletons, and uh, the demolishing of buildings? The Portland City Council approved a proposal to limit spray paint sales Wednesday in an effort to fight the growing problem of graffiti in and around the city. Uh, commissioners voted three to zero in favor. Uh, Ushed back a vote Wednesday on regulations for the spray or for the sale of spray paint rather at hardware stores and skate shops. Stores will also have to move the cans out of reach, making them harder to steal. Uh, another detail in the proposal says the stores must keep a log of who buys the spray paint, similar to the log that tracks people who purchase cold medicines, which uh, can also be made into meth.
4: By the way, this guy is saying, and I think there's one of these on Powell, too. It says, Rick, here in beautiful downtown Estacada, we have the best of both worlds, a combination Taco Time and A&W Root Beer. There's one of those on uh, 52nd and Powell? Is that what that street No, is? there's one on 82nd Powell.
5: It's A&W and Kentucky Fried Chicken.
4: (laughs) Is that the one by Gen X Clothing?
5: It sure is. Okay.
4: You know, what I, at, you know
6: what I noticed on the west side? And it's not really changing the subject, but I noticed, I noticed just recently that a Sonic has gone up out there.
4: I don't even know what that is. Oh, it, that's a hamburger stand, isn't
6: yeah, it? Yeah, but it's like the old A&W used to be a drive-up place where they'd roller
4: skate out with so the like, ice creams and stuff. There was, there was, up until recently, there was one of those in Silverton. There was still an A&W. Uh, I don't even think there was inside seating. It was an A&W with the big, like, canopy overhead thing. Yeah uh, and then there was a bunch of little you know the little squat pockets and you put and you would just pull up next to them and you would just order and then some some skirt would come out on skates and bring you your whatever and like they would have that weird what's that weird trade that like Clark Griswold has in National Lampoon's Vacation where like they would set it on the edge of your window those were good times all
6: right. well, do you remember when Wilma Flintstone worked for a place like that and she wore roller skates? Have we not degenerated <laughs> in talking about
4: fictitious cartoon characters who may at one point have worked at a fast? That show over? is totally
6: realistic. You I don't believe that. Increase. And that
4: wasn't Wilma Flintstone either.
6: I think she went to work, Good and month. she was going to divorce Fred, and she went to we work at a...
4: Flintstone was never <laughs> going to divorce she was Fred. Too. She, that, that is not true. He's passing along urban You guys got to watch now. those
6: shows, because they're, they're realistic as all get-out, including the Buffalo Club. Or Moving whatever.
4: on, here's uh Anyways,
6: outside of Medford, skeletal remains of a body uh, that were found in the Crater Lake National Park are being studied to determine if they are indeed the remains of a California man missing since 91. Uh, a firefighter found the remains in September of '06 in the remote Bybee Creek area of the Crater Lake National Park and uh, has declined to release any details, obviously, until they further investigate this. Winter snows had prevented the rangers from finding the body until actually, or, or getting the body, rather, until this summer.
4: I'm sorry. You couldn't, see, you couldn't see what just happened there. Scotty attempted to really forcefully take that news item him when he was done and, like, throw it into the trash, and he just completely missed. No, I know like why. he swung his arm down and completely missed the trash with that.
6: No, I know why people, he, they lick their fingers before trying to move on to the next page.
4: Was of trying to, it. He was trying to, like, dispose of that story with a real flourish, and it completely fell apart. All right. Well, holy pyrotechnics.
6: Chicago's old uh, Brock's Candy Administration building was demolished yesterday, Hollywood-style. The building's destruction was filmed for the new Batman movie, which has been shooting for several or shooting at several locations now, in is Chicago. It, is
5: it a spoiler if you say what the building is? But what do you think, Rick? Because they they say what it is that's destroyed in the movie.
6: Well, uh, I don't see how that's a spoiler. That uh, it'd be kind of cool to know that as I went to go watch the movie that this was the old. Uh, it's actually just the administration building. It's not even the candy
4: the candy building. I don't even know what we're talking about. Can I see the story for a second? Yeah, sure. Can I see this?
5: Oh, because it says what the what that building is in the movie.
4: It's just administration. No, no, it though. doesn't. It's...
5: Well, in the story I read, it did.
4: Yeah, this just okay, says. never mind then. Yeah, Chicago's uh, Brox Candy Administration Building was demolished yesterday. Hollywood style, The building was blah 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 blah. Shooting at several uh, Chicago locations for any weeks continues. The week the building has been abandoned. Well, what is it now? I gotta know. Well, what is it in the movie? Uh, you can't tell us that it is a spoiler, right? Or is it not? Is it? Is it?
5: Is. <laughs>
4: <laughs> well. Okay, well, damn it, now, okay, I'm going to turn up the microphone. You have to tell me what it is, because I want to know. All right. Oh, no, that's not a spoiler. Well, Did the Joker it? blow it up? I don't know. So Perhaps it says, need like, what if need popcorn this huge music?
5: What if there's this huge, what if, you if know, it's the finale? surrounding it?
4: That's true. What if it's the climax of the film? Uh-huh. All right. Well, okay. I, I really haven't been following... I sort of deliberately have not been following anything about the new Batman film. I mean, the, it, it's the, I mean, I have only followed the stuff that everybody has followed... Meaning, like, I haven't followed any of the online, the viral marketing, any of that crap. The only things I have followed for the new Batman, the new Dark Knight film, is I wanted to see what uh, what Heath Ledger looked like as a Joker. And I wanted to see uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal because she's hot as balls. So that's it. That's all I know about it. And blah, blah, blah. I have lots to say about Brock's Candies, but, you know, I think we've... I think we've really flogged the uh, no, we need referencing the, of obscure ancient foods on this program long actually enough. We need for the candy
6: <laughs> for dessert after all this food we've I will just about.
4: say this Brox, you know what they make in addition to the Butter Sketch candies? Brock's makes those weird Neapolitan candies. you know what I'm talking about? No. The little square candies that are pink, white, and brown. You know what I'm talking are about? Are they squishy? Yeah, they're squishy and they're coconutty. You don't know was
5: coconut You don't know
4: Brock's Neapolitan. Did you ever have Brock's candies?
5: Yeah, well, we had the the butterscotch ones.
4: Brock's. Well, they made the butterscotch. Brock's uh, Neapolitan candies. They are these. Um, they are. Uh, they're not a perfect square. They're like a rectangle, but they they are. Um, Well, I guess they're Neapolitan. There's no other way to describe it in that they are a a stripe of red, a stripe of white, and a stripe of brown. But the brown is not chocolate. It is, in fact, chocolate coconut. So it's a vanilla, strawberry, and chocolate coconut candy. And that, to me, I think that is actually their signature candy. I do believe that is actually the flagship candy of the Brock's Candy Making Company. So there you go. The more you know. All right, here's uh, Scotty Jane for Tim Riley.
6: Well, wrapping this up, Christian Bale, I don't know who this guy is. Never heard of him, never seen him. Don't know what the kids are watching <laughs> these <a> days. He's a nobody. <laughs> he plays Bruce Wayne. And the the one thing that interests me... Did you see
4: Batman Begins? Uh,
6: I only think I've seen one of the Batman things. And I, I watched the ones with... Uh, <sighs> I Can't even think of his name either. He was in. Uh, well, you are just on top of the. I know moment. he was
4: in the movie with. Uh, I don't know why. With Michael, that guy who did, did the thing. Michael
6: Keaton, that guy, right? Which
4: which Batman movie did you see?
6: Well, I think I also saw the guy ice from uh, from Top Gun, Val Kilmer, and I saw Michael Keaton right when they both played Batman. However, what caught I can't my attention here. Tell if you're I'm not a big Batman fan. All
4: right. So, did you see the original uh, Tim Burton Batman with Michael Keaton? Yes. Did you see Batman Returns?
6: With uh, Kilmer?
4: No, or with, uh, with uh, Danny DeVito as the penguin. I th- saw parts of it, but not the whole movie. All right. Did you see uh, Batman Forever?
5: Did you see the rubber nipples?
4: Yeah. Did, you, did the movie you saw have Alicia Silverstone in it?
5: And a killer soundtrack from Seal. I love Seal. I remember seeing that. <laughs> I course do course love do. Seal. Of
6: course uh, you
4: he would do. He is one I have listened to almost is, every one of every the, CD he has. He, I, and was, I have listened to it time and time again. I was again. just going to say, is Seal one of the urban performers that you find acceptable? No,
6: I, <laughs> no, I actually find a lot of urban performers. Uh, exceptional but something about Seal his, his, is of the, uh, to his uh, CD's over and over and but now I'm stuck on Maroon 5 and their latest CD.
4: Seal is kind of the uh, he's kind of the male um uh, he's kind of the male Lauren Hill, you know.
5: <laughs> you're not listening to your Linkin Park CD anymore?
4: I only did that for like a week. All right. Did you so you did not see Batman Begins with Morgan Freeman? No. All right, you're missing out. It's fine film. Probably the be- I would say for me uh it has things about it I don't really care for, but it is really the best of the Batman films so far. Not the best Batman. That'd be Val Kilmer. Uh, but I, 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 I don't know.
6: I like I Michael confer. Keaton. But I, I thought that, he was great. Michael,
4: no, Michael Keaton was a terrible Batman. I just, I, Val Kilmer isn't really the best. I mean, to Christian Bale does really it does a great job. But man, who I is really he? like who Val, Val Kilmer is, is great. You talk, but you know Jason Crump from Management mm-hmm. Managed mm-hmm. Photography. You want to see him go nuclear? You just tell him, nuclear? Bat, especially wait until he has a drink or two, and wait till he gets a couple of belts, and then just say, yeah, "Val Kilmer, he's a fantastic Batman. I swear to God, because he carries that that cane, the walking stick. He will start swinging on you with that thing. Like he will go for your spine." You you don't even get him started about Val Kilmer and Batman because it, he will he'll cut you. I mean he will he will take you down to the pavement as they say. Val Kilmer was a great Batman. I think Christian Bale's probably
6: better, but Val Kilmer was great. I just don't know who this guy is at all. But anyways, uh, uh, ever since Dirty Rock Rotten... he was
4: in um, he was in American Psycho.
6: Okay, I don't get to watch scary movies. That my wife forbids them. <laughs>
4: Wow! Really? You've I have got to get testicles? together
6: with my friends. <laughs> have you and, seen that movie about a guy who has no sack?
4: There <laughs> was this terrible movie about a woman. She married a guy and then she took his testicles off.
6: <laughs> no, I gotta, I gotta like, you know, hey, guys, night out, and then we gotta go watch a scary movie because my wife won't watch them.
4: What is the last guys' night out been al- forever? Are you allowed to pick movies in your house? I get to pick everything but scary. Right,
6: I and I do a good job. That. I find so. a little weird. I find weird movies sometimes that are really good.
4: Everything but scary. Them, but
6: everything but scary in my house. <laughs> I just want to say one thing. Ever since the Dirty Rotten yes. Scoundrels, I have loved Michael Caine, and he plays Alfred in this, so
4: it ought to be pretty good. Okay, yeah, Move on.
0: Let's do, uh, I'll do one okay.
6: more here,
4: and then we'll take. it. Well,
6: break. Oregon apparently has a gambling problem, and I don't know if that's because of. Uh, over the 4,000 people that call the program's toll-free uh, telephone helpline every year, um, in the news uh, uh, there's some good news. That's what I'm trying to say. People addicted to the Oregon lottery, video games, and other gambling uh, help now is only a mouse click away as they've moved online. Oregon all State... kinds
4: of syntax. Going I don't, on I don't in know this what's story. going on. I don't know. Well, <laughs> or, or,
6: Oregon State-sponsored problem. With
4: Oregon, <laughs> sponsored <the> problems. <laughs> well, they are. I'm kinda. sure that the gambling commission, <laughs> sure that the gambling commission who spends a lot it. of money advertising here, appreciates you saying that. Well,
6: well, the deal is this: Oregon lottery sales are like a billion a year at more than 2,100 uh, lottery ro- lo- locations. Therefore, uh, there's a lot of people that come out of this with problems. Uh, for instance, the four thousand. People who call their telephone hotline now, those people can be in the privacy of their own home and hide behind their little computer and peck at it and get help and talk with other people that have the same problem. That's it.
5: Rick, I played this game last night at this bar. Was that it's this new pop culture game that they have where you match? Okay, it is the greatest game ever. Like I an electronic?
4: It. Is it a bar game?
5: Yeah, it's a bar game. It's one of those like Mega Touch ones.
4: Yeah.
5: All right, you match um, like actor to movie, character to TV show, character to movie, movie to year. Oh my God! It is the best game ever. You, know, you would you would pass out. You'd love it so much.
4: No, those games are great. And so often when you go to one of those, it's like it's just some bad mahjong knockoff where it shows you a naked lady at the end. So I always like the ones that are actually that have some sort of trivia element to them. Where oh, I...
5: it's all brand. New. I mean, it's updated. It has movies from this year even.
4: Where was it? Where are my wife and I at a while back? And there was one in the booth with us. Oh no 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 no! It wasn't there. It was on an airplane. It was when we were flying back from um, Utah, I think, the last time. or Maybe from New York, whatever. But um, have you done that thing where you're on a plane and it's on a screen on the back of the seat in front of you? It's like it's above where your tray table is. And the great thing is it is like a Jeopardy kind of game, but you're competing against everybody else on the airplane who's playing. Are you kidding me? It is fan-freaking-tastic. Alaska Airlines, I think. Are you kidding?
5: Yeah, I just fly in the old 70s planes that still have ashtrays and that big phone in front of me.
4: (laughs) (laughs) It's not. It's not a plug, but my wife, see, because when I fly, uh, whenever I, look, if I'm flying by myself or if I book the flight, um, and again, this is, I'm not plugging and I'm not trying to, uh, uh, you know, knock any other airline, I'm saying for me, mighty Southwest Airlines, that's what I fly. Uh, I'm flying JetBlue for the first time. That ought to be good, I thought you would sworn off JetBlue because they screwed your sister so badly. They should wait like 14 hours on the runway or something. I just
5: could not swear off those prices. That was
4: due to ice and stuff. I mean, you can't help Mother Nature. Are you quoting that commercial right there? No. (laughs) Okay. We're We're doing like five different things at once. A... Southwest is great because you can get a flight for like a dollar and nineteen like cents. But you got to food stamps. Beat the guy up to get in, though. It doesn't matter. Damn. You know what? I am such a cheap ass bastard. I am such a skinflint. It doesn't matter. Like I will fly Southwest Airlines because you can get a flight for like thirty five dollars if you don't mind cramming yourself in and eating a bag of dried pretzels as your entire meal. That's fine, and I'll do it. Um, well, JetBlue, you know, that's the only airline like us will fly. That's the only airline I believe. I don't want to misquote well, you. Well, I was
5: the only uh, but, flight that I could find that was cheap. I got my, I got two. You know, round trip. Well, that's flight. a
4: luxury uh, airline.
5: Yeah, it's nice. Like two hundred and fifty dollars round trip, um, no stops either way.
6: That's to really? New York. To New York. That is, in... that's incredible. It was no, ridiculous. Yeah. And then the awesome. other,
5: the other flights that even came close to it were like, I, I booked it, you know, like a month ago, and the only flights that came close to it was like one or two stops, and they were already like $350, three fifty, four hundred.
4: Well, you know, the irony is probably it's that having screwed so many people uh, in that whole winter storm. That's probably why their rates are so low, because because JetBlue is a very upscale airline. Uh, I mean, it's not like Air Force One or something. But, I mean, in terms of mainstream airlines, it's very, very uh, luxurious from what I've told. Uh, I think it was Alaska Airlines because I think it's my wife's, like, go-to airline. I think it's her default. But, yeah, so uh, the plane takes off, and then it's the the screen in front of you, which is the same place where you would watch a movie. Um, And it's like if you want to watch a movie, it's there. If you want to, like, look at a menu or something, it's all on there. But then you can pick this trivia game. And it is very much like Jeopardy! Um, but you are playing against everybody else on the plane who is also playing the Oh, and it, you must love that. Oh, and I, man, I schooled everybody. And I was, and she you was. You win something at the end like a cookie? No, you just win. You, you just win. Because I, I think it tells you where the other contestants are sitting. Like you enter in a name. So I was like, you know, Rick, you know, Rick, you know, E, or Rick and Lara, or whatever the hell. And then I think it says like rick and lara thirty two f and it says like what your seat is and then and then a- after every question, it shows the ranking of all the players where they are and the, like who's winning and who's losing. and then I think it shows where they're sitting. so you can like you know, give a guy a little tra- give a guy a little stink eye, give him a little trash talk and man, it was I would take so and it gives you points for not only getting the right answer but for answering quickly. So the faster you answer, the more you get right for a correct response. And so, and 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 so, it would say something like, um, you know, uh, uh, you know, um, like what does the acronym SCUBA stand for? And it would give you several choices. Anybody know SCUBA? No. Really. Self-contained underwater Breeding apparatus.
5: Uh! I know what CHUD stands for.
4: Really? Do you say it now?
5: <laughs> um, is it human or humanoid? humanoid. I got a fight with okay, a cannibalistic humanoid underground dweller.
4: Look at you. That is so hot. Um, so, but I would be like, you know, SCUBA, bam, and I'd hit it, and then. You would get a, it would exponentially increase the points you got if you were the first or second person to answer it. And then after each question, it shows everybody did in the plane win? and where they're yes, I did. Can you cash the points in for like extra peanuts and stuff? No, unfortunately, you can't. You have to cash them in for pride. And uh, Lara wanted to play again, but it's like I won three games in a row. And I'm just like, that's it. We're done. We're going out on top. Like if you want to play again, fine, but don't use my name like we're going out on top. And every as we got closer to winning the third game, she was actually having to stifle me because I would get it and be, "Congratulations, Rick and Laura!" You know, you and I'd be like, Ugh You know, and I was totally, I was totally raising my voice and shouting and kind of spiking the ball, sort of verbally speaking. We're so late that we'll just kind of roll through this. We'll talk to Steve Kastenbaum and a few. We'll merge everything. We'll we'll continue on with this. We got some calls. This email says, "Rick, pleased to be asking Scotty J his favorite movie slash movies of all time."
5: Oh, that's a great idea.
4: Scotty okay. J, favorite three movies of all time. Go.
6: Well, this is tough, but uh, I've got to put um, Full Metal Jacket in there, number one. No,
4: that's fine. I can appreciate that. Well done. Well,
6: i, I got to say more than three because I can't I can't just be caught on the spot. But here we go. Uh, and Saving Private Ryan is my go-to one for really? testing out sound systems. Oh, in the very okay. No, no, no no, no. no, no, Fair, fair enough.
4: Okay. So, okay. You know, my friend Siegfried, who is a cine- cinephile, uh, who probably knows more about movies than almost anybody I know uh saving private ryan is not only a the movie that he uses again the opening beach sequence to test his sound system but for a while he had an obnoxious neighbor who would play records late at night and so siegfried's response and he has a massive home theater system i mean unbelievable his response was to turn all of his speakers facing the adjoining wall and then just to leave the house with that opening sequence on repeat like full blast for like a good six seven hours you know, wow. that was that was his go-to thing to punish the neighbors with. <laughs> All right, but I'm talking in sheer terms of movies. Well, okay, I looked at a couple of those. Full Metal Jacket,
6: and we had Saving Private Ryan in there. And but uh, I'm not
4: talking in terms of testing your sound uh, uh, system. I'm well, saying right. a movie okay. to
6: watch. Now, I'm I'm kind of a I'm kind of a comedy fan. So uh, Three Amigos is way really? up there. I can, I used to be able to recite every line. Like, well, if it tastes like beers, I'll have three of them or two of them or whatever the hell you he say uh there's three amigos really <laughs> uh, uh, we used to like uh we used to recite all the lines of that same with the. Uh, same with uh uh full metal jacket we used to know we used to be able to recite the whole entire scene with the you know, jelly donut and all that stuff but um another one raising arizona
4: loved it watched it one billion me. times that really surprises me that you would like raising arizona number really?
6: one movie because i love richard dreyfuss uh down and Out in Beverly Hills. Just watch that movie like 8 billion times. I, I love it. That movie's what, hilarious. I love when he goes to the beach and he hangs out with his bum friend. It just kind of reminds me of my life. But, anyways. I uh, guess I could see
4: that because you are sort of a yuppie in your own sense. So I. You know, you've in seen that, vibe. right, Rick? Oh, yeah. Down and Out in Beverly Hills, yeah. So I guess. I mean, I guess I could see that. Because, but the the Raising Arizona one kind of weirds me out. You don't seem like a Coen Brothers fan. <laughs> well, because it's such a weird, angular
6: type of humor because it's. Everything from crawling out of the sewer when they get away from the jail to raising
4: Arizona is such a strange, I want to say, kind of a weird Don and Mike style humor because it's all about the weirdness of the language. Yeah. And again, that's the phrase that I always go to is that, you know, her insides were a rocky, barren place where my seed could find no purchase. I mean, it's all if you that's a thing that's either funny to you or it's not, and if it's not, you can't explain why it is. You know, <laughs> if somebody doesn't find that funny, you can't explain why it's funny, it merely is. That is so great. I like when
6: that guy's standing out there with Nicholas Cage, and he's like, I'm talking wife up in here. And we he's are like,
4: swingers. As in to swing. <laughs> That's great. Get your damn hands off my wife, mister. All right. Uh, let's get these calls, then we'll talk to Steve Kastenbaum. Uh, why, hello, sir madam, as the case may be. How may I help you? This is Dale. Dale, okay. hello. Yeah, hi.
1: Hey, I just wanted to say thanks for uh, subjecting me to a uh, suggestion that depressed me all day today.
4: Let's back uh, up again. What?
1: I watched the bridge last night.
4: Oh yeah, the bridge, the uh, IFC documentary. Yeah.
1: I've been feeling like a terrible human being all day, waiting for that uh, that. long-haired rocker to jump off that bridge.
4: Gene is his name. Yeah. Uh, We talked about the movie The Bridge, which I recommended heartily, as I, as we say about. Boy, our recommendations on the show are really dark, aren't they? Except for you can revolt
5: for a dream. (laughs) uh,
4: The bridge, as we've talked about, is a documentary that. Uh, These guys put a whole bunch of cameras around the Golden Gate Bridge and they filmed it for a solid year and they caught like 24 people jumping off and committing suicide. And it's a it is a very powerful, poignant, genius, touching documentary about people and what leads them to take their lives. But it is interspersed with this horrifying and horrifying because it's so stark no nothing no narration no maudlin anything you just see a guy stand there for a while and then he looks around checks each way jumps up on the ledge and off he goes and i mean it it, it it is um it's a hard movie to watch but great
1: that's it and the whole time you see gene just walking back and forth on the bridge and you're seeing, in the meantime, all these other people jump, and you're like, okay, when is he going to do it? And
4: you, yeah, and they, there's this, that's the thing, is all through the movie, they show people jumping, and they show interviews with their relatives talking about what led them, they think, to the suicide. But there's this one guy, Gene, who's easily spotable because he's a really long, he's kind of a heavy metal, long haired guy. And his, though, they show him at the very beginning, and they stretch out his sort of story all the way through, and they just keep cutting back to shots of him pacing back and forth and looking over the side, and they draw it out for about 90 minutes until it sort of resolves itself at the end, and it's cool. excruciating, yeah. It's,
1: it's pretty much the most uh, extravagant jump, too. I mean, now he jumps up on the rail and just throws his arms out. And yeah, he does back. like the
4: – he stands up on the bridge, and he puts his arms like this, the Scott step, and then just falls off backward. It's 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 a haunting movie, but very, very, very well done. Yeah. <laughs> all, right. all right, excellent. Thank you, sir. All right. Yeah, that's a, It's on the independent film channel all the time. You can also rent it. Uh, uh, yeah, don't see it like the day that you've been fired or something. But um, great movie. Uh, haunting, but really great. Boy, the San Francisco City Council was pissed at the guy who made that though, because I think he lied on the job on the the application for the movie. They're like, he's like, I want to put all these cameras up around the Golden Gate Bridge, and they said for what? And he goes, and his application said something like, to witness the intersection of man and nature, which I guess is technically true. And his explanation was he wasn't going to announce in advance what it was for because he didn't want people to be like, oh, I'm going to be in a movie. I'm going to be immortal and go jump off. You know, it's like they get so many jumpers anyway. He didn't want to say what he was doing and get even more people jumping because then they knew they would be caught on film. up. And... Yeah. He's like they get 30 people a year jumping off anyway. He didn't want any more. But, yeah, the San Francisco City Council was not happy with that guy when they found out what those cameras were for. Let's, uh, we'll get these other calls here in a while. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show, ladies and gentlemen, from the city that... Ne- oh, for the love of sweet holy God. I've, I've forgotten again to get the uh, Barney Miller music ready. This is uh, my fault. It is my fault. I am solely to blame. Let's welcome now from New York City. CNN radio correspondent and smooth man about town, Steve Kastenbaum. Hello, sir. How are you today?
2: Good.
4: Let me just, uh, my, where's my volume control over here? Volume control seems to be totally absent. How's life in Manhattan, my friend?
9: All right, we're watching out for uh, for noxious deadly gas at the U.N. today. Really? Yeah, this happened a little while ago. Have you heard about
4: this? No, yeah. no, I, we've been busy talking about uh, fast food and guys jumping off the Golden Gate Bridge. What's up?
9: Well, you know how they um, were disbanding the commission that was charged with uh, in, inspecting for weapons of mass destruction in right. Iraq? Yeah. Right? Well, they were cleaning out the offices and sort of putting their archives together when all of a sudden they come uh, across a bunch of vials, and they have no idea what's in the vials. And then a few days later, yesterday, they find the paperwork that goes along with the vials, and they realize, oh, my, there's poisonous gas in there.
4: <laughs> Jesus. Okay. Okay.
9: So they evacuate that, that particular office, and uh, they, they do some testing to make sure it hasn't leaked or anything like that. But this stuff was supposed to be disposed of years ago. It had been sitting in the offices here for over a decade, and it was stuff that had been collected uh, by inspectors in Iraq uh, years and years and years ago, well over a decade. And for some reason, somebody just forgot about it.
4: I mean, the creepy thing about that is, well, A, the obvious, and B, you've got to wonder how many other places like that there are around the city, the state, America, you know, where there's just some guy who had, you know, what are these? Well, these are hundreds of jars of anthrax that I'm going to be using in some study. And then that guy, you know, forgets and leaves them under his desk one day, and then they just sit there for the next 10 years waiting to be found by somebody.
9: Yeah, that that appears to be what happened here. I mean, they're trying to figure out what it was doing there. We're not talking about a lot of it. You know, if God forbid, set up some, something had broken and a vial had had cracked or something like that, they said you know it wouldn't affect you know lots of people. It was so small the amount that it, maybe one or two people might have gotten sick. But still, this stuff called phosgene, it's it's a nerve agent, and it was sitting in this office for well over a decade. And so,
4: is it just by sheer luck that there wasn't some sort of like an earthquake or whatever, and you know this stuff? I mean, if it's just sitting there in glass vials, basically waiting to be unleashed on the public,
9: that's what that's what it sounds like, you know. Yes. <laughs> Crazy. All kinds of unnerving.
4: All right. Well, I'll, uh, well, I don't really have anything to contribute. That is that is much more weighty than anything I was going to talk about. Um, the, the only thing, I, we talked a about Hilly Crystal yesterday, and he was the guy that founded CBGBs, which is the rock club that, uh, you know, there's all of those sort of new wave and, and punk bands in the 70s who started there. Um, are, did you, to the best of your knowledge, are they going to be doing something some for this? Is there going to be some sort of concert, a, a benefit, a, a show, and anything? Because he seems like a guy who certainly is deserving of some kind of tribute.
9: You would think so. Uh, so far, there, there's talk of some sort of memorial service, but the details uh, uh, regarding that haven't been worked out yet. Uh, I was on the phone yesterday with his daughter, and uh, she was still pretty much you know, consumed with grief and, and, right. and was just talking about her dad and, and his role in the world of music, both here in New York and around the world. So uh, they, they hadn't developed any details yet for any sort of service or, or ceremony. But the, there is talk of some sort of memorial ceremony taking place somewhere. Uh, one would hope that that would include, you know, a lot of the artists who played at CBGBs. But but I was there for the the last performance uh, the night they closed. Uh, really? Patti Smith played, yeah. And um, I expected to see some some of the bigger names, you know, Tina Weymouth and 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 uh, Chris, um, I forgot his last name from Talking from Heads. Talking Heads. Yeah, uh, they were there, but I didn't see David Byrne. Uh, he might have been in the crowd, but I I didn't see him. And then uh, you know, unfortunately, with the Ramones. Pretty much Marky Ramon is the only one right. we have left. Yeah, last you know.
4: man standing, yeah. So,
9: all right. So kind of sad in that
4: regard. Although you did, did I hear this correctly yesterday? You said that actually the urinals from CBGBs that were saved when, guy got, when it got renovated, they're going to turn up somewhere?
9: They were talking about opening up a new CBGBs in Las Vegas and that they wanted to bring aspects of the real CBGBs with them. You know, it's a real dank, it was a really dank, dingy, disgusting club. You know, they, I don't think they ever cleaned it once. And, uh, and and they had these notorious, disgusting bathrooms, especially the men's room, you know, and they took those urinals out, and they're supposed to be installing them wherever, <laughs> wherever they open up the new CBGBs. But how would you like to be the guy who was charged with, you know, very carefully taking out the urinals.
4: Seriously, like a guy taking out the urinals at Grand Central Station. You know what I mean? <laughs> just, uh, I'll pass on that job. Thank you. I'll call in sick that day. Got to wear a full hazmat. Suit. You know, they put in one of those Devo outfits. All right. Steve Kastenbaum, my friend, thank you. It's always a pleasure. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for having there go. me. Steve Kastenbaum in New York City. Excellent. Uh, speaking of people jumping off of things, Rick, I just finished Long Way Down by Nick Hornby. Uh, I didn't like it. Well, that's so n- funny, but neither did I.
5: I. Yeah, I'm reading that right now.
4: Really? Yeah. No, I just
5: I needed something to read I'm on the sorry. bus when I was. I don't playing. mean
4: to taint your, your no. view of it.
5: No, I'm I'm not really into it. Actually, Raul just let me borrow this book that he's been reading about Brave New World. Oh, yeah, Aldous Huxley. Yeah. Yeah. He's, that's just, a great he, book. he's going on and on about it, so I'm gonna start
4: reading this. It's very much in the same league as like nineteen eighty four.
5: That's exactly what he because he yeah. knows how much I like that book. Yeah,
4: and there's a lot of uh, pop culture illusions that come out of come out of that book. Uh I, I didn't like Long Way Down. Uh Long Way I, Down. I'm, real, I'm
5: finding it really hard to follow and I didn't really like the characters.
4: That's bingo. There's the problem. There's three problems with Long Way Down. Long Way Down is a novel by Nick Hornby, of course, most famous for uh, High Fidelity and About a Boy. Uh, and uh, the hell was that? The hell was that movie he did? Fever Pitch.
5: And How to Be Good.
4: How to Be Good. I have never read about a boy. You know, I'm a terrible person. I saw the movie which I, I loved. Like, really? It's a good book. Mm-hmm. I think Laura has it too. I got to find something to read on the plane to uh, to London. She suggested actually reading something that was sort of that was sort of uh, English on the way over, just kind of put myself in the frame of mind or whatever. But Long Way Down, it's Long Way Down. It depressed me a little bit because it was a great concept for a book that he then sort of squanders. But we've just been doing relentless book talk lately. I don't mean this is not not intentionally doing that, but what are you going to do? Um – Long Way Down is a great idea that we're discussing here on KCMD Portland, uh, a CBS station. Long Way Down has a great concept, which is uh, it's like, I think, five people or something. I think it's five. Five people who meet on New Year's Eve on the roof of a building which is famous for people committing suicide from. I say ending a sentence with a preposition, but it's at the top of a building from which people throw themselves. And so there's these five characters who uh, all meet on top of a building on New Year's intending to take their lives. That's a great premise. Like, as soon as I read that hook, I'm like, damn straight. I'm totally reading that book. It's just a great idea for a book. And anyone who knows me knows that a strong hook is enough to get me to read something. Um, But the problems are, A... I really have two problems with the book. One is there's a couple of the characters and that teenage girl in particular who just is loathsome. Just a horribly off-putting, irritating, annoying character that you just hate to spend time with. And B... If the whole book had been them on top of the roof talking about whether or not to kill themselves and then it ends however it ends, that would be fine. I don't know how far you are into it.
5: No, I'm I'm not actually reading it. Okay. Like I think I, I think my sister gave it to me or something and I just grabbed the book because I had to ride the bus to get my bike the other day.
4: It's like five characters on a roof who were going to kill themselves. Great beginning, but then it follows them for like months and months and months as they lead like their regular everyday lives. And to me, it's like as soon as they get off the roof, I'm less interested. Uh, that you know it's it's like as soon as it, that's why I mean I love movies or t v uh shows or books that take place in a small confined space, but as soon as like they get off the roof it's like the interesting sort of premise sort of just evaporates away it i was really disappointed i i didn't i didn't i i suspect that it was supposed to be a short story and or, or something it went on and on and that he got paid enough money by the by the by the uh by the company to make it into a novel. I suspect it was either supposed to be a magazine article or a short story or a novella, and the book company said, hey, we'll give you a million dollars to make a novel out of this, and he did. Unfortunately, Johnny Depp is now making it into a movie, so who knows? That might be better, but I don't think that's the case. Uh, let's see. It is 1.20 uh, in the afternoon, so let me do this before we do anything else. We'll do this, then we'll take a break. We'll come back. More news with Scotty J later on. Top five musical acts who choked to death on vomit. Jim Roop will be joining us. We'll do uh, Spot the Fake Metal lyrics next hour for this right giveaway, but first... Greetings and salutations, Alan Ballantyne. You are being addressed at this moment because you, yes you, have been selected as the AM970 glorious bastard of the week with all the rights and privileges that entails. In addition to the envy of your fellow man, you'll receive a bountiful cornucopia of swag from the AM970 pile of crap, including Sign of the Times, the best of Queensryche, two-CD collector's edition, as well as the wonderful knowledge that for at least this one week, you are just a little bit better than everyone else. Enjoy your newly elevated status, and don't hesitate to lord it over the less fortunate. That is why they exist. Thank you for listening, Alan Ballantyne. You... Are the glorious bastard of the week. And don't forget, seven random bastards will get a copy of that CD, best of uh, the Queensrank best of CD tomorrow. That is tomorrow. Back after this, AM 970, solid State Radio, signed to be Glorious Bastard at 970.am. This is the Rick Emerson Show. <laughs>
5: Watching me back to the summer between 8th and 9th grade. Dave
4: Mark. I was in Salt Lake City.
3: Uh, right next
4: to B98.7. Uh, they played this constantly.
5: My eyes become large? This
4: song has never made sense to me. And there's
5: some weird anime videos
4: Here's the thing about Seal. Is that.
5: be careful, he's not Scotty's favorite performer.
4: I know.
6: And he, he is, is Mr. Heidi Spader. Klum, is he not? He sure is. I mean, yeah, what's not to like about this guy?
4: Well. <laughs> okay. Uh, the thing about Seal is. I feel like I'm supposed to like him. Do you know what I mean? Like, doesn't his meal I
5: don't think you're supposed to like him
4: don't you think like don't you think people say they like seal a lot because it makes them look like multicultural and sophisticated
5: except for Scotty say that they like seal
4: many white people uh, in the suburbs who talk a lot about seal because this music makes them seem because this music seems this music seems kind of sophisticated so, because it's sort of because he kind of has his own weird genre going on. You know what I mean? It's his sound of his voice
6: is way unique. And secondly, he writes everything, plays the guitar. He's totally talented. Um, this is probably my least favorite of all of his songs. And if that's the case, then...
4: He's, he's, I'm not trying to knock great. Seal. He's a talented guy. He does the... You know, he obviously has a big fan base and banging a supermodel. and you Whatever, fine. But I'm saying, like, what kind of music is this? It's not R&B.
5: It's like... Contemporary easy listening.
4: It's right. That's what I'm saying. It's not rock. It's not R and B. It's not soul as such. It's not rap. It's not funk. It's not country. Well, when you get to the suburbs, sort of, this sort of is without a genre. So this, you know, what this is? This is like Chicago. Uh, it, this is it's like,
5: it's like urban easy listening.
4: Very good. That's, That's exactly right. what it is. But because. But because it's not like your your, uh, your typical R&B, and because it's not you know like it's not rap, and it's certainly not gangster rap, I think this is an urban music that Whitey can sort of embrace, like this part here, and because it has these vaguely classical overtones. Mm-hmm. It has these moments where it feels like classical music a little bit. So I think it's urban music that Whitey can embrace to look sophisticated.
5: God, do you remember how huge this movie was when it came out?
4: Yeah.
5: Like, that was enormous. I don't know if it was just in my life or in that time in general, but I, I remember it was just everywhere.
4: I will say this about Seal. I do like that first single he had, Crazy. That was a cool song. I dig now, that. Now, the problem with Crazy and this song oh, is I see. those are the you two like his, songs. You like his indie warm. stuff.
6: Oh, I love everything. I,
4: I like, like the stuff on his four-track songs. demo.
6: Well, they did. celebrate. There's like five different takes of Crazy. One's a hip hop crazy. One's a normal crazy. One's a this crazy. It's all these
4: different versions that I'm just—they're called remixes. Yes. Yeah, there was—I yeah. I mean, it's not. But he did. There's—I mean, that was a—you know—that's obviously. I really thing do like Crazy. Crazy is yeah. a
5: cool song. That's a really neat. Song. It had that
4: great drum breakdown in the middle of it. That da-doom-doom, That little part, that little bit, just the the breakdown of the drum section. My friend Jason was a huge fan of percussion bought the maxi single to that, which is a thing they quit making years and years and years ago, but uh, he bought the maxi single hoping that there was some version of it that just had an endless, yeah, right here, is what I'm talking about.
6: But, but they got 18 versions of this, that's the problem with this song.
4: Why is, only you would view that as a problem. That I've, there's... Heard, I've heard it one, like, like being a disc
6: jockey, like you always talk about. You don't have to I've listen to it all 18 versions, times.
4: you know. Like no one makes you buy the maxi single and listen to them all. You know what this reminds me of? This song is still cool. It's a great song. See, this is a cool song, but I think he just got very bland. I think with that, with, with his follow-up. Hey,
5: it got a mighty clue.
4: Yeah, no, it's true. I mean. <laughs>
6: Um, the guy's done a lot of stuff. He did Fly Like an Eagle, a remake of the uh, oh, that's a terrible Steve song. Miller Band.
5: This and video here. is so circumvented. Is this where he's like
4: in a, it's like a Gap commercial?
5: <gasps> yes. It's like and a white like,
4: background. And
5: it, he has, like, the braids, the little beads on the end, and he's, like, sitting there doing peace signs and hand yeah. gestures.
4: I had to play this song as a DJ. I was a top forty disc jockey when this came out, and I had to play this all the time. It, it, did you get tired of it? did tire on um, you? Um, no, I didn't. I didn't really get tired of it because then, especially then, it didn't sound like anything else. I will say that he it didn't really sound like anything else. He does have his own style. Uh, you know what he is? He's kind of like uh, he's kind of like Sting in that way. Yeah, you know, I mean, Sting doesn't really played. have a genre. He's kind of his own deal. What is the song about? I don't know. And he has that thing about there's two men in my head who have a gun to shoot the other one. It's all weird. Yeah, it's a weird song. Yeah, Atlanta Moore set just
5: covered this song. Really? That. Yeah. It's kind of... Mm. See, this is why Tim can't go out of town because he
6: completely lose track. I always talk about his Taco Bell and Seal. No, that's Taco that's Bell weird and weird <laughs> Hey, the guy's played in a bunch of things. Like, I think he had a song for The Bachelorette uh, with the word heaven in it. Or, right?
5: And
4: also, the- you really are a Seal aficionado. Batman
6: Forever, uh, The Kiss from a Rose.
4: Um,
5: he looked. At, he
6: Googled him.
4: Well, of course I did. Are you I can't things things of off stuff supposed- off my head? You're if talking you're talking about has fan, got it. Right. If you're a fan, you shouldn't have. To, you can't read well, on Wikipedia. I have, that doesn't count.
6: I have no room for like stuff in my head anymore. I try to remember new
4: people's so phone much. numbers <laughs> so It won't fit three in there. books. <laughs> I try to cram a number in there and it just won't fit. Three books in the word apnea.
6: <laughs> I was going to read a book while on vacation on this last four day trip, and uh, I didn't even crack a page open. I was cracking
5: too You should tell that to everybody you meet.
4: (laughs) The next time you talk to Mark Whalen, tell him that. I was going to read a book. I was going to read a book this one time, Mark, but I didn't. I didn't even crack a page. Apnea. Oh, here's the drum thing. And then just run away. See, that's kind of cool. At the time, it sounded really, really cool.
6: Yeah, in the Family Man soundtrack, he had uh, "This Could Be Heaven." That's a pretty good song. Um, You're again reading from I Wikipedia. Am. Of course I am.
4: What I'm is the... his real name, Mr. Uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Uh, big Seal fan? I, I know. I know. I
6: know it's really not Seal. It all. is
4: Seal. <laughs>
6: <laughs> well, his... I know he has a bunch of weird names in there, like Henry and this and that. His name and is
4: his name is Sealman Samuels.
6: Yeah, but he's got like
7: six <laughs> yeah, names in there yeah, for real. Yeah, he does. Quit he being right. He ends. does. He has
6: six names in there. Can you name them all, Mr. Wikipedia? No,
4: I, no, I can't, Scotty. With Seal, my feeble human okay, brain. Okay,
6: here it is. Seal Henry Olusigan Alumide Adola Samuel.
4: All right. Yes. Thanks so much. You know, this is now we're just going to, we're in danger of just, uh, just. This is like, okay, I didn't have a chance to talk about this earlier, but it, it, so I got this phone call from Sarah yesterday, uh, last night around 7 o'clock, and it was too late. I want to say, and I, I'm not going to say where the place is. Yeah, because, you don't
5: want anyone taking it.
4: No, because some dick will go by there and get it. Uh, but Sarah called me the other day. She's like, hey, uh, or last night. She's like, hey, I was, just, I was just at this bookstore. She's like, at this place, this bookstore, and they sell books and old magazines and everything. And she's like, you always go on about this one old copy of Playboy that Anna Nicole Smith had been in. And, I, and and this is the message. I mean, she's, like, I, she's like, I was at the store, and I saw this a copy of Playboy with Anna Nicole Smith. It, maybe this is the one you're talking about. You should go by and check it out. And I went by, and the store was closing, so I wasn't able to buy it, but it was. But the, the weird thing is, it was totally just looking at the cover of it. It was totally taking me back to that time and that place. And I can remember exactly where I lived because I lived in this... You know, apartment, no television, so I basically all you know, I read all the times I didn't have any I didn't have any T V. And so I read books and magazines and I subscribed to Playboy and I it was looking at the cover of it, it totally transported me back to this old crap hole apartment I lived in with like no television. So it is with that seal song. I immediately go back to Well, you go back to what? Like you said
5: I go back that was when I because I lived in Seattle for sixth and seventh grade. That was the summer between sixth and seventh, at least uh, crazy was, and then Kiss from a Rose was right when I moved to Woodby Island. And I remember that from that summer as well. But, yeah, crazy really kind of weirds me out because I totally flashback to going to Catholic school and being yeah. in a nude place and not knowing anyone and sitting and listening to Cube 93 in my bedroom all the time. Cube
4: 93, yeah. really? That is so – hey, when you listened to Cube, was there a guy working there named John Connor? Yes. Really? I, yeah. worked, I used to work with him.
5: And there was – um oh, I can't remember the other names. Yeah, it was – John
4: Connor. Guy. I worked with John Connor at OK95 FM in Kennewick. Um, I worked with uh, John Connor at – okay, now we've now we've turned it to, uh, to Craig Adams. Um, but, but I – even without Tim here, we've become radio dorks. I worked with John Connor at OK95 in Kennewick, Washington, I, either before or after Cube. I think he then – he must have left Kennewick to go work. I can't imagine he would leave Cube to go work in Kennewick. But he must have left Kennewick to go work at Cube in Seattle. Um, anyway, long story short, when you are playing that Seal song, I was totally flashing back to the other songs – that I had to play at the same time, that I was playing "A Crazy by Seal. Uh, for example, well, I always talk about Amy Grant. I was having to play Baby Baby in every heartbeat. Oh, um, gosh.
5: I remember, like, Summertime. Summertime. I was playing all that same time. Uh,
4: everything I Do, I Do It For You. Uh, yes. P-A-S-S-I-O-N by the Rhythm Syndicate. Justify My Love by Madonna. How about, um, how
6: about Midnight Star? Do you remember them? No. Like, don't rock that boat. Is but that from the same time period? Like in the 90s there. Right? Yeah, 90s. but this is a
4: real specific window of time. Because this was in the summer, right before I moved away. Uh, what else was I having to play? London Beat, I've been thinking about you. Oh, oh my God. That.
5: Oh, um, Mr. P.M. Dawn.
4: Crazy P.M. Dawn. looking through patron eyes, mm-hmm. uh, and set boys? a drift of memory boys? bliss. They had to be in their boys demand. Maybe. We didn't play a lot of urban music at our mm. at our station. Every
6: time was. I hear crazy it reminds me of a trip driving right when it was playing on the radio and then we played it over and over and over and over and over again from when we drove from Portland to Reno and back.
4: That was a gripping story. <laughs> and I was, no no no. I was gonna over go over. like I was
6: gonna go all the way to Marriott's Great America. I was gonna do it all up and I Just like lost all, all my money in like yeah, I lost my money in a day and it was back home. <laughs> One time I was gonna read trading in pop cans to get home with the gas, so that was a fun trip.
4: Moving on. It was a little crazy. My final note here before we stop. I've been thinking about you. I was... Yeah, that's a great song. I love that song. I think... Remember, like, a month and a half ago, we did that whole 90s day, and I think... I don't think we played London Beat. Mm -hmm. I think I mentioned it, but I think we did. And the thing about the guy from London Beat is he sounds just like the guy from the Fine Young Cannibals. Sounds exactly like Lola McGee from the Fine... Speaking of the Fine Young Cannibals, I... Okay, now I'm just going to give in Please right now. I'm totally them. giving in. We're not going we to do anything no. Today. No. Tim's gone. I'm we're giving p... into this. Nuts. Okay, so the fine young cannibals with Roland Giff, lead vocalist, they had a great song. Not She Drives Me Crazy, but A Good Thing, which was their follow-up to She Drives Me Crazy. Uh, you know, Good Thing is that... Dun, 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 Believe it or not, Dan, where more have than two. You gone? Anyway, they were playing it at Fred Meyer last night. I was at Fred Meyer. They were playing Good Thing. I saw the baddest ass Chuck Taylor's. I took a photo of them (laughs) so you can tell me whether or not I can can wear them. At Fred Meyer? Yeah. That's where I get
5: get all my checks. I just got these ones the other day from there.
4: Just like Scotty's wife must approve his film choices, you have to approve my footwear. Do you
5: have your... Uh, It's uh, upstairs.
4: I'll show it to you later. Okay. They're like black suede with tan logo. It's a tan logo.
5: I've seen those. Those are cool. They're
4: cool. I don't know if I can wear them or not. I'll show you a picture later. You can decide. But they are playing Good Thing by the Fine Young Cannibals, who in turn, their role in Gift, their vocalist, sounds like the guy from London Beat who sang I've Been Thinking About You, which is a great song. But you know what else I also had to play during that time period? And then I swear to God we'll do some news here, and we am going to do the top five and this stuff. I had to play I've Been Thinking About You. I also had to play two songs by the Escape Club. Call It Poison, which was the lead single off uh, Dollars and Sex, which is the follow-up to the Wild Wild West album. Uh, and also, I'll Be There by the Escape Club. Do You remember I'll Be There?
5: I don't think so. How um, do I go?
4: Over mountains, over trees, over something, <gasps> oh, overseas, yes. just think of me. And I'll be there. Great uh, song. You yeah. know what? No one ever realized about that song is? Song from the point of view of a dead guy. That, no,
5: I totally realized do you, that. Do you
4: realize that? Yeah. You know, they missed an opportunity, by I'm not putting that in Ghost. No, I just that totally. Yeah, I totally that. thought it was
5: Ghost. just some ghostly song. I remember. Because it has that, that
4: line about, I may have died, but I've gone nowhere. Mm-hmm. And there was actually a remix, speaking of Maxi CDs, of I'll Be There by The Escape Club. It was called the Whisper Mix. No percussion, just the keyboard line, and the guy, like, whispering the entire song. Creepy as hell, and I can't find it anymore anywhere. Creepy as hell remix of that song. I wish I could find it. The Escape Club, that second album, Dollars and Sex, that is an underrated record. That was a, I hate to say this, in the parlance of the late 80s and 90s, that was a slamming record. It had some really, really good music on it. God, we're old. Let me do these calls, then we'll talk uh, we'll do some news. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show, fellow hey, old Rick. person. Hey. Hello. Hi.
1: I was, what about that song, uh, Mr. Wendell? I can't
5: <gasps> remember the name. I'm sorry? Mr. Wendell.
1: Mr. Window, it was something development, Arrested Development. It was
4: Arrested Development. All I know from those guys is Tennessee and People Every Day. But that
1: song, I tell you, it takes me back to when I was, jeez.
4: Sixteen, seventeen-ish. <laughs> oh, totally! Well, see, it's totally becoming that other—it's becoming that other show all over again. Sarah and I are both typing on YouTube at the same time. Uh, Greatest show ever! Thank you, sir. Thank you. All right. Yeah. I can't. You know, Mr. Wendell. I really tried to. Uh, maybe I. Can I just say this? I didn't like Arrested Development, the band. I really didn't. They were just so lovey-dovey and hippie and peace and love, and I just didn't care about. I I don't care about peace and love in music. I mean, to this day, I'm not trying to sound like a jerk. I'm not trying to be like edgy, Gavin. I'm saying music that is really aggressively flower power is a real turnoff to me, and they seem very much like a rap version of the Grateful Dead.
5: Yeah, they're very like in your face.
4: Very, very flower, flower power, flower child, peace and love incorporated crap. And I just, it was a real put off to me. And plus, the guy speech who fronted this band kept talking about how they were inspired by Public Enemy, and that like nothing could be further from the truth.
5: Yeah, I remember them all dancing around, you wearing like huge peace sign necklaces and daisies and riding around. Yeah, you know, I, I, I can't, bugs.
4: I can't get with that.
5: You know the song, right?
4: This is Mr. Wendell. I don't think I know this song. Here,
0: have a dollar. In fact, no, brother, man. Here, have two. <laughs> if Sarah <laughs> knows she's the words. <laughs> the so but great. It means a big deal to you. Uh-huh. Oh, God. If you do
5: beauty, He's talking about giving you know the homeless the man way. money, and the old Mr. Old Wendell gives him place knowledge time. for shoes.
4: Oh, I know this song. I know this song. This is sort of their
2: la-da-dee-la-da-da-she's homeless song.
6: Well, it's the guy in the background going, hey, 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 hey. Ah. the whole time. That's kind of catchy.
0: confused. <laughs>
4: I haven't heard this song forever.
1: Go ahead, Mr.
4: Wick. Here's my favorite story about the about Arrested Development. This first, um, their first album, which was called, it was like two years, three months, nine days, and seven days, seven hours in the life of, or whatever the hell it was called. It was however long it took them to record that. Sold something like two million copies and won a Grammy. Their follow-up album, which is called zingalama dooney
5: <laughs> No, it's not. It is. How do you know this? What is wrong with you? I know crap. Well, Sarah.
4: Instead of reading, I decide just to file away Seal's real name and the Zingalama dooney title. To uh, but their second album, their follow-up Zingalama dooney sold thirty thousand copies. The end. Career over. Uh, all right. Let me just. I have to play something here. So that's Arrested Development. So this is this is Call It Poison, which is the first single to the Escape Club's Dollars and Sex record. Let's see here.
6: I just
4: left Hollywood, California. Oh, now it's buffered. I don't know why it's not playing. I don't know why this is happening. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Hold on a second. Well, let me close this other window. Maybe this is it. All I remember is I would drive around on the Ok 95 video van, which was sort of like a retarded version of, like, the Hummer that we've got up there, but it had, like, a big, like, you'd open it at the back, and it'd be, like, one of those cheesy big screen TVs in the back. And really, what, what was an amazing sound system? I do have to say that. It was an amazing sound system. I remember how hard this song, like, how heavy the bass in the song was. Not
2: only...
4: Gosh darn it. I don't know, and it's buffered. I don't know why it's uh, doing this.
5: Are you opening other windows? No, right? I got
4: nothing. By
5: an Hollywood that has filled the land
4: and filled the world. Uh, Wait, with...
5: Just don't move your mouth.
4: All right. Let me just... Uh, <laughs> hold on. I'm just going to... Uh, now I want to hear build, this song. Build, build, build. No? Yeah, I'm not... I have no idea what's going on. I'll have to come back to it. <laughs> See? Losing the whole
3: effect
4: here. Yeah. So anyway, well, I don't know why. So the uh, yeah, it's not the it's not really working out for me. Anyway, so a song called Call It Poison, which is a really 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 great song, uh, and then the album just stiffed. The album stiffed. It just vanished. It's probably on iTunes uh, or something at this point. But boy, it's just it's just a great single, and then a band just never heard from again. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello.
1: Hey. Hey. What's up? Uh, this is going to be uh, one of the best shows ever, that's for sure, just Thank by you. this topic alone.
4: Thank you, sir.
1: Fine Young Cannibals also were in the movie Tin Men, Richard Dreyfus and Danny DeVito.
4: Really? As as what? Like as performers?
1: They were performing. They did a uh, good thing, and they also did another one. I can't remember what it was where I of my head, but there was a bar scene, and they are in there, and it is fantastic. It, it, the movie's set in like 1960, 62, something like that. I mean, and they just, they just looked the part.
4: I haven't seen Tin Men for a long time, but I know that Find Young Cannibals had kind of a retro look, because it was, you'd watch their videos, like especially the video for Good Thing, and it was all like with the Vespas and the the real, right. the real retro clothing and so forth. It,
1: it, exactly right. And also, in regards to Arrested Development, great first album. Yeah, great, yeah, that, great that first album. That was a album. shitty, that was a really bad second album. Let <laughs> me
4: just believe that. Thank you. Yes, no. Sorry. Thank you, sir. All right, there you go. He felt so strongly about their second album being Poo that he had to. Uh, let me see if this will play. This is a actually different.
6: Now, did you have the Escape Club uh, CD,
4: this Wild Wild West CD? You know, I my, uh, my computer appears to be brother? ass at the moment. I'm just going to have to wait. Do you want me to look it up? No, I'm just going to have to close. Hold on. I'm just going to have to close my whole uh, my whole browser here.
6: All browser. Ten, all ten songs on the Wild Wild West album were Awesome, especially Goodbye, Joey Ray. Okay,
4: that's not true. But... Oh, I... they, they were. They were Scotty, all good. I listened to them all.
6: You're
5: things and then talking well, about them like you know them. Well, you're I do know because
6: I used to listen to my cassette of this
4: just <laughs> over okay. and over and Can over I, and can I and tell over. you that I never liked the song Wild Wild West, which was actually their single. This The single Wild Wild West I just despised. I don't know why. I don't know why. I just hated it. Yeah, I don't know whenever I think wild, wild Wild
5: song, West, I replace it in my head with, with the Will Smith. W-
4: oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I don't think with the with the Will Smith. Song. Oh God, that was all awful. right. I'm going to give this one more try, and if it doesn't play, I'm giving up. Do you recognize this? No. Kind of sounds like the beginning of So Alive by Eleven Rockets. That sounds like Sting. Oh. oh, it does. Fields of Gold, maybe. This is a great song. Somebody today, somebody should cover this. This should be a hit today. Like someone, one of those emo bands that's all death obsessed. Oh, he's giving this serious look.
3: Trees,
6: that totally sounds like another band, too.
3: Oceans, desert,
4: this is a great song, really, in terms of ballads. This is a great love song. Not a big hit, though. It wasn't? It wasn't a big hit. It was top 40. I had to play it. It was a top 40 song. It was like number 31 or something. I remember all the words to the song. You know, the thing is, the Escape Club is one of those bands. They get tagged as a one-hit wonder, and I think they had four different top 40 singles. Uh, but this one, this is sort of one of their forgotten songs. Oh, he's totally got the, uh, what do they call it, with Pete Wentz? He's got the pillowy lips. And he's got the long hair, and he does the he does the slow shaking the hair out of his eyes, like because he's feeling it. He's feel he wants you to see the emotion on his face.
3: On it's
4: right here. Here's the line. You the type, I've it's just it's such a weird idea for a song? Think of me, right, well I'm done. All right, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello.
1: How's it going? Hi, what's up? Hey, uh, new intro song for Jim
2: Roop. I was thinking about it the other night. Yes, sir. Uh, To Live and Die in L.A., Wang Chung.
1: I love
4: that song. Wang Chung. And, you know, I haven't seen To Live and Die in L.A., the movie, in a long time. Does Does it hold up? Is it still good?
1: Excellent movie, yes. To see Grissom back with the pigeon toe way back then is just something to die
4: for. Yeah, it's been a long time uh, since I've seen that movie. That was To Live and Die. Here's it. I'll date myself here. To Live and Die in L.A. was one of the very, very first movies that I ever got on um, pay per view. It was one of, you know, when you had like the cable box thing and you would like call up and you would die. You'd say, I want to order movie five, nine, five, five. And then it wasn't even on demand. Like it would start at a certain time and you had to have the cable box on and you had to have ordered at a certain. And if you ordered too late, like you joined the movie in progress and it was like six ninety nine or something. And we were all excited because what we would do is we would uh, uh, we would hook up the VCR, get a movie uh, from pay-per-view and then record it. Um, but I remember the first couple we did, like, our mo- our cable box was screwed up, and it was like I was all angry about it because the movie was all warbled. To live and die in L.A., one of those. Wang Chung, I haven't heard that forever. Excellent. Thank you, sir.
0: Thank you. All right, let's do two more,
4: and then we'll, Jesus, and then we got to break again, and we haven't done any news. For the love of God. Hi, you're on The Rick Emerson Show. Hello.
1: Hey, Rick. How's it going? What's up? Not much. A couple things. Yeah. Uh, number one, Duke Dale's coming to Portland in late September.
4: Yeah, yeah. I saw that. I saw that in the Willamette the other day.
1: Yeah, my beloved's getting me tickets for my birthday. Excellent. So I'm excited about that. Number two, there is an Arctic Circle in Portland out on uh, out on Stark past 122nd.
4: Excellent. All right, Stark 122nd Arctic Circle.
1: Yep. Excellent. And, uh, number three, play the top 40 hits from the early '90s It's AM 970 Solid State Radio.
4: Bye. Yep. Bye. Thank you. Awesome. All right, there you go. I don't even know. De- oh, by the way, just speaking of music, I meant to mention this earlier. Uh, if you are going to be out and about tonight, our good friends at Dry County Crooks are playing at Dante's tonight uh, with uh, the So and So's uh, and the guy and uh, whoever. I met their bassist. There's some other. Yes, I know. Where did you meet him, Scotty? Why don't you tell us? Uh, In a remote lake. What lake would that be? Central Oregon. All right. Uh, They're going to be there with, uh, now, Power of County. What is the deal with those guys, Sarah? I have never seen the Power of County. Are they a country band? Is it like country rock?
5: I think so, yeah. I I know I've seen
4: them. And everybody mispronounces the Power of Country, but it's Power of County. Mm -hmm. Power of County, Spigot, and the Dry County Crooks. uh, That is tonight at Dante's. So I dig those things. So if you like like a, a good band now and again, go check out the Dry County Crooks tonight at Dante's. All right, uh, we'll so take a break. break. let we'll take a break here. We'll come back. Coming up in the next hour: top five musical acts who choke to death in their own vomit. News with Scotty J, and uh, we'll play spot the fake metal lyrics. Your chance to win a double disc deluxe edition of Queen's Sign signed all the times. Oh, listen to that! I didn't even know there was a little pulse there. Back after this, the Rick Emerson show on AM nine seventy Solid State Radio. Don't go anywhere.
5: A time in my life, like when you heard this song for the first time in the summer, it just actually really felt like summer when you hear this. Song. I love this song.
0: Wow. Here it is. It's a great song. Song. It, it is. It is. Just a bit of a break Before the of the Giants and You know, here's the, the thing. thing. I'm not a big fan of Will Smith's
4: music, and his acting can be a little smug for my taste. But you know what? You- you can't say he's not a cool guy. He does seem... I mean, what can you really say to insult Will Smith? He's you know what I mean?
0: He's not a saint. He Take
4: that back. Really? Oh, well, never mind then.
5: Game
0: 7 match. No, really? Really.
5: Him and his freak-looking wife. Have you seen pictures of Jada Pinkett Smith lately? No. She looks like a man. She's at least in you know, like this hardcore punk band, and I'm not lying.
4: Oh no no no! Um, they're called Wicked.
5: Yeah, and she had, like these huge, muscly arms.
4: She was at um, she was at Ozfest, I think, two three years ago, and she out out. Look, I, I'm just saying. I'm not saying that chicks can't rock. I'm not saying that rock is the province of white men only. But there's something really unconvincing about Jada Pinkett Smith going, I've always been a metalhead. No, you haven't. No. Shut your hole.
0: I wonder if Will Smith's embarrassed.
4: Here's the thing I will say about Will Smith, his Scientologist leanings notwithstanding. I don't care how, and it's not like I'm some arbiter of tough, but I don't know how, how hard you are, how street you are. How much of a gangster rap aficionado you are, I never met anybody that had S to say about this song. No one ever criticized this song. I mean, I knew guys who listened to nothing but like real profane, real violent, like street rap and whatever. Doesn't matter. Everybody loves Summertime by Will Smith. And it's a great song. It's an instant classic. Do they still play this every summer? I think so. Like I'll, I'll turn on the radio whatever. and hear it.
0: Court yet. Hustle to the mall to get me a short set. Yeah, I got on sneaks, but I need a new pair. Cause basketball, courts in the summer, got girls there. The temperature's about 88. Hop in the water plug, just for old times' sake. Break to your crib, change your clothes once more. Cause you're invited to a barbecue to start with four. Sitting with your friend, and y'all reminisce about the days growing up and the first person you kiss. And as I think back, makes me wonder how the smell from a grill can spark off nostalgia. All the kids playing out fun little boys messing around with the girls I wonder moving
4: place this they better
0: they better looking so in their life but there's, there's gonna be violence then 6 clock rolls around uh. you just finished wiping your car down the time the crew so you go through the summer time hang out and look like a car show everybody coming front and max oh no I'm there's doing the wrong month I'm ahead <laughs> Every moment fronting and maxing. in the car, you spent all day waxing. <laughs> okay, I'm so white <laughs> Alright, so Rick Emerson show It's 503
4: 733 2970. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson show from the home of the summer. Los Angeles, California, CNN Radio Correspondent, James Roof. Hello, sir. Howdy. How's life in Southern California? It's hot, man. It's hot Africa here, too. Hot. It is hot here, too, but it's not. How, how is it hot where you are and how hot? How
1: hot? couldn't take this kind of hot. What? It's 108
4: degrees really? where I
1: am right now.
4: Now, I hate to ask this, but it is a dry heat, though.
1: Yeah, but it's like when it's it's... It's like opening up an oven and, and sucking was, in the. I
4: was gonna say because that's what people always say: was a dry heat. You know, an oven's a dry heat. You don't want to be. You don't want to be like you're standing next to one. You know, yeah, that's no fun. fun. Oh, all right. Um, hey, it, it, is this spinach thing? Is this Chinese spinach? I'm just acclimated now to think that everything <laughs> is from China. I mean, really, honestly, where is this? Is this?
1: Uh... <laughs> no, this Central California Salinas, where all the. Problem produce seems to come from.
4: I Really, what is? Now look, let's just speak as men here. Wasn't the last the last time this happened because someone was, as scientists would say, pooping on the spinach. Mm, probably. Now, why? What seems to be the problem? Why? Can't, well, this is salmonella. It's a different path. Why can't you people grow spinach that doesn't kill us?
1: Hey, I don't grow it. <laughs> I'm saying you Californians. I'm saying you people. <laughs> I'm just saying, brother. I mean. Wait. I don't know, man. There's something wrong. I'd like to know how Salmonella got there in the first place. I, You know, I equate Salmonella to... To bad meat.
4: Yeah. Or, you know, or, or, how
1: does it get on? How does it get on spinach?
4: Well, it's, it's and it's a, a meat it's a. a dead body in the spinach grove. Well, like I wouldn't rule that out. It is. It is California. I. Yeah. But it's a meat and dairy issue. Salmonella is usually. from eggs or something, right? Yeah. Uh,
1: it, I don't know why it's on spinach, but they're trying to trace it and find out where it is. I happen to believe it came in the packaging. It had to be a packaging issue. Uh, the same cleaver that was used to cut up a cow or something i don't know
4: uh, it's one factory eggs e- eggs spinach cow whatever one one knife three products That's one it, building you fantastic know, take
1: one from this conveyor one from that conveyor one from. <laughs> all right package it
4: up yeah uh, um well all right so there you go so i'm just gonna it's not like i eat a lot of health food anyway let's be i mean especially look i was talking about this earlier. my wife left uh, the country this morning and uh she's gonna be gone for two and a half weeks Um, And uh, so I don't have to eat anything healthful uh, until like the end of September. Oh, good for you! Really, I mean, I'm going to be out of town myself for a week, but I mean, it, it, really, I got like a good oh, I got a good 20 days coming up where I don't have to eat anything that isn't frozen or it doesn't come with a cheese packet or isn't deep fried. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's going to be one endless drive-through trip for me for the next uh, next two and a half weeks. That's the best. Then you keep the dishes down too. That see, that's what I'm talking about. Or you you know, or you do the guy thing. You know, one plate, one fork, one glass. I'm done. That's yeah. it. And And just
1: rinse it out for the next day.
4: Yeah, or just, you know, give it a good scraping if everything is congealed on it. True.
1: Um, I I, I used to do that with uh, frying pans. I would never clean a frying
4: pan. No, 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 especially because, and my mom is actually the one who taught me that, because my mom would always say, well, that way the flavors all mix up. You know, it's like whatever you were, you know, you're cooking steak in it one night, pancakes the next morning, Mm. it all, it all, and then, of course, I would complain about that. Mom, I don't want to eat Salisbury steaks flavored pancakes. And my mom would say, of course, it all mixes up in your stomach anyway. Right, right. That was my mom's one response to any complaint I had about food, was that it all gets churned up in your stomach anyway, so shut your hole! So, anyway. Um, I won't say speaking of holes, but speaking of Senator Larry Craig, I, uh, re- so do they really, and look, I, I know that CNN is trying to keep their finger on the pulse, does CNN really have you out uh, talking to people Man, about I had... sex in bathrooms?
1: I, I, you know, I wasn't going to go in the bathroom and start tapping my foot.
4: <laughs> so I should I, I th- go do that right now in the CBS bathroom and see <laughs> what happens. Let's <laughs> see if there's a problem with
1: that particular bathroom. Yeah. I talked to a guy who runs the website called cruisingforsex.com.
4: What do you suppose they do with that <laughs>
1: They They promote bathrooms and other places where you can engage in encounters that uh, Craig is alleged to have engaged. Now, yes. he says that particular bathroom in that Minneapolis airport has been on their website for about 11 years yeah. as a prime location. And he said, there are several signals from tapping your foot to a glance to going to a urinal and not leaving. Those are all little signs for people who are in play, as he called them, to recognize. And he said, I said, well, I don't want to be, you know, as we were talking yesterday, listening to my iPod, tapping my foot and and sending a signal to somebody. He says, well, it's not as easy as that because uh, those who are in play recognize by your response to their subtle gesture – that you're not in play, you don't even notice it. He said you don't even notice that people are doing stuff like that.
4: Just to think of how much simpler this country would be if we would just loosen up. You know what I mean? Yeah. The idea that, and I understand that there are probably people, gay, straight, male, female, who get where, where maybe part of the thrill comes from the illicit nature of sort of a public sex act. Like I've never, I've never seen the appeal of that, and maybe I'm a prude, whatever. I have never seen the appeal of like hey let's let's go let's go get it on where at any moment we might be discovered by mall security i don't it doesn't it has never appealed to me i don't understand that but so maybe there are you know people that they find that part of it to be titillating or turn on or whatever but i mean jesus the, the idea that you get these uh, let's say in the senate in the case of larry craig what certainly seems to be and i don't know but seems to be a guy who is uh, just so uh, in denial or self-loathing the, the, this is sort of what it gets reduced to. This is what he is, it has to turn to. Um, you know, just this country is just so hung up. But did you see the uh, the reenactment that those reporters did of his encounter?
1: Yeah, I don't know where the crime is.
4: No, well, and, and, and my other thing is, look, it's, I mean, you know, whatever. I mean, I, I guess if there's...
1: If you read the arrest report, I, I, I can't see a crime there.
4: Well, and why are public dollars being spent on cops hanging out in toilets trying to entrap uh, gay guys? You know I don't know.
1: I mean? I, you know, I asked this guy. I said, you know, why not just uh, tap your foot, exchange information, and meet somewhere? He said, because I'm waiting for an airplane. You know, I don't want I don't want a four hour love fest in a hotel. It's going to cost me a hundred bucks. I, I need to get
4: get get, get business I taken Need to get care. my nut and then move on. <laughs> Is that the clinical term? <laughs> um the um I mean it just seems like one of those things that you know it's fine, maybe it's a little sleazy and maybe it's either whatever I... You know, to to each his own, I suppose. It just seems like when the city gets all the potholes fixed on my road, then they can worry about who's doing what in a bathroom somewhere. It it does seem like there are larger issues that our government could be spending funds on right now, regardless of how hypocritical this guy may be. It really does seem like taxpayers ought, ought to get a little bit more for their money than some cop sitting there squatting in a toilet all day waiting for a gay guy to come in.
1: I guess. I mean, it's kind of just. It's it's a little worrisome if you know you if you send your kid into the bathroom. You know, okay. I have to go to the bathroom, Dad. Okay, you know, you don't want to have to walk your kid in the bathroom every five seconds.
9: Yeah, I suppose. I guess
4: maybe yeah. you don't want him to witness something like that. But I mean, you know, but, I, and, you know I, I said the same thing to this guy.
1: His name is Keith Griffith, and he says, "Well, you know, there's going to be stuff that's going to be exposed to your kids. You're going to have to explain to them anyway." I, I said, "I don't want to have to explain that."
4: <laughs> I guess. I you know, I, mean, <laughs> I don't I, want uh, to have to go there, man. Uh, I You know, that's for that, that rationale. You just keep your kids. Uh, just keep your kids away from the church. That's that would be my that would be my <laughs> response. Keep your kids out of the. Sacristy. All right. <laughs> well, I got There's no other crude jokes I can make here. I think I've exhausted my supply, sir.
1: Are you on tomorrow, brother? Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah I I think I have to go to Atlanta next week, but as far as I know, I'm on throughout What's the What's entire... Are you
4: on on the job in Atlanta? I mean, are you on the air? Yeah, some you kind do... of training. Excellent. Going to uh, train you to uh sniff out dirty bombs or something. I don't know. <laughs> something like that. Something to do Ed McCarthy's going to teach you how to make a cran vodka. <laughs> I don't know how to do that. All right, brother. Enjoy your day. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Thank you. Jim Rope, ladies and gentlemen, fantastic. One might even say fan-freaking-tastic. Hi, Scotty. How's it going? Hey, do you want to do the top five? Yes. Hey, let's roll the top five for Thursday on the Rick Emerson Show. Four, three,
6: two, one. Uh, All right.
0: Wonderful counting is my wellness counting's the best thing to do Counting is happiness counting is ecstasy I love to count don't you
4: All right I don't even remember why this occurred to us Whose idea was this? I think
6: Sarah was feeling a little bit under the weather Sarah's yesterday. Sarah's stomach was... Oh, uh, how was your stomach?
5: A lot better today. Yeah. It that... felt... It, yeah, I went home, went to job number two, and then after that, felt okay. some crackers. Oh, your other
4: job. Yeah. Okay.
6: Oh. <laughs> it always feels better with well, a crunch wrap in
1: there.
4: Huh, I was just going to say, I'm, well, whatever works. Um, <laughs> all right, so these are the... You really think I would say that? Well, for a second, I was... <laughs> Move on. Okay. These are the top five musicians who choked to death on vomit, as assembled by Scotty J. Scotty J. All right, the number six song,
6: our honorable mention, goes to this band, Spinal Tap. The name of the song, Hellhole. Now, uh, Eric Stumpy Joe Childs, the drummer died in his own vomit. Whose vomit, Scotty? (laughs) They're not really sure. Why? Whose vomit it is, because you can't
4: dust for vomit. End of joke.
5: Oh, I'm so proud of him. Ah, well done.
4: I love Spinal Tap. I
6: know, I wanted to pick Big Bottom, but it was a little nasty.
3: I'm
4: more of a sex farm man. My, Yeah, that was funny, too. I remember the happiest day of my life when I was in high school and I discovered they sold the actual black album from Spinal Tap. You could buy it. It's got all the greats on there. Cups and Cakes. Give me some money.
0: Yeah. Or Big Hook.
4: Tap Rules. This joke never gets old either, because the older they get and the more, like, the the worse their wigs are, like, the funnier it is. Yeah. I mean, when they're 70, Spinal Tap will still be, it'll be, I mean, that's the great thing about Spinal Tap. The joke is constructed in such a way that it will never get old. It just gets better. Top five artists who choked to death on vomit.
6: Uh, number five, Mother Love Bone, name of the band. Uh, Captain Hightop is the song. The lead singer here,
4: Andrew, Andrew Wood, Wood
6: uh, choked on his own chunks, as they say. Now, do
4: you know that to be true? I'm pretty I'm certain that skeptical when you about this one. pour tons
6: of barbiturates down your throat and alcohol and this, that, and whatnot, and you wake up in a puddle of puke, that that's probably what caused it. Not to mention several other things going on at once there, like heart attack and Well uh, now shock I know he was a heroin
4: user. Right. So whatever he did You just assume I'm sure he did are this. you assuming that he choked on vomit?
6: Is
2: that
4: like you're sort it's, of extrapolating this out one from it? The...
6: This one is like ninety nine point five percent. Uh, correct. Now, if you don't know who Andrew Wood is, he was actually the beginning of Pearl Jam. He's the, he's the main guy that kind of no. got that group off the ground.
0: Yeah, no, that's not true.
6: Well, he was there, and then the band became Pearl Jam, correct, when he died. Wow. Okay. Also, Alice in Chains, their song Wood, is about this guy, Andrew Wood. If I could, would you? Okay. Now, what's your version of the story?
4: Well, only that uh, Andrew would, Mother Love put up this album called Apple. Uh, which is actually really good, which not a, not a bad, there's actually, I don't think you can get the original anymore. I think it's like a double CD now that's like Apple and this uh, a disc called Shine. I think it all comes together. They also did that song, Chloe Dancer, Crown of Thorns, on the singles soundtrack, which is just a beautiful, beautiful song. Um, and I think it says, I think in singles, there is a scene where there's a, 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 a an alley wall where Mother Love Bone is spray-painted on there in the beginning. Um,
5: there is. Yeah, no, it's, it's when she's crying outside after she sees really?
4: the guy. Oh, oh yeah. she sees the guy. The the Italian guy making out with the woman in the club or whatever mm-hmm. um, and so anyway after Andrew Wood died of uh, heroin overdose then uh, I think it was like Jeff Ament and like Stone Gossard I think I'm not like the world's biggest Pearl Jam fan the two guys from Mother Love Bone then went on to form Pearl Jam they this group broke up and they formed Pearl Jam and then that Temple of the Dog record is all about Andrew Wood like Say Hello to Heaven and Hunger Strike those songs are all about Andrew Wood because he was Chris Cornell's roommate Chris Cornell from Soundgarden they lived together Counting down the top five artists who choked to death on their own vomit. The number four goes to,
6: that's right, the who, uh, we won't get fooled again, Keith Moon, their drummer.
4: I'm so unsure about this one, too.
6: Yeah. Well, you know, people don't want to admit. It's just like this. You, you people, can sit there. I like how that's your answer when I question your
4: when I question the accuracy of something. You read, people don't want
6: to. They're afraid of the truth. Yeah, let's think about this. I mean, a lot of people will throw rotten tomatoes at me for this, but the, but the king who died on a, on a on a porcelain throne was found lying in a pool of his own vomit. It wasn't a pool of blood. It wasn't a pool of this, that, and whatnot.
4: You keep saying this, I know that, I got that word. That's the
6: word of the day. Whatnot, by the way, if you can describe what that means, that'd be great. Really though, think about
4: this. Uh, who
6: who wants to come right out and admit? Look, he choked on chunks. All right.
4: Who are we talking about now? Keith Moon or Elvis? It's just all these people like you. The are you? The whole thing he... is that anybody who dies, they were to, try die, to hide it. Secretly choked on vomit.
6: Yes, there's a lot of people out there you do not know about that.
4: How do you know that Keith Moon choked on vomit? <laughs>
6: how do you know Elvis is really dead?
4: I, okay,
0: but I guess what I'm saying, a saying is the real battle of
5: the wits now. <laughs> I don't even know no, how wait to a second, I, I Rick. Even,
6: <laughs> if a tree, if no one's no. around and a tree falls down in the woods, is there actually a sound?
4: I don't understand. Nope. what we're talking about now.
6: Okay, we're talking about uh,
4: the guy, Moon, the drummer, overdosed. Keith Moon. He overdosed. Right now. Are you saying the overdose is a front that he really choked on vomit? Well, I think the overdose and the of time time is overdosing
6: causes you to vomit. It's like if you drink too much, you'll vomit. And I think a lot of the time, not only is the actual act of vomiting and being too drunk, but it's 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 a heart attack happening all at the same time. So you're choking, you're heart attacking. So you're...
4: Heart of, having a heart attack makes you vomit. Ah.
6: No, when you're just totally strung out on drugs or alcohol or whatever, and you're having a heart attack, you may vomit as a cause and choke on that as well, because you might be able to survive the heart attack, but you can't survive chunks in your throat, all right? It's like choking on a chicken bone with no Heimlich maneuver, you know?
5: You can't survive with chunks in your throat? Look,
6: Keith Moon, I don't even think the Heimlich maneuver was around back then. Please,
4: please just (laughs) spell Heimlich. H-I-N-D-L-I-C-K. That's Hind Lick. (laughs) It's different. Scotty, (laughs) C-S-I-J. All right, right, moving along. Counting down the... I can already see the hate calls coming in. This is where the correctors are really going to be in the right.
6: Well, good for them, because I can't memorize the world or history. All I know is hearsay.
4: Counting down the top five artists who Scotty J believes to have choked to death on their own vomit. Okay, now this one's correct. Number three.
6: Led Zeppelin.
4: Really, of all the songs for you to okay, pick. Okay,
6: yep, we're gonna talk about that. John Bonham Drummer. Of all the
4: songs to pick, Achilles Last Stand, really? Right, because we're showcasing his drumming. Just take a listen. Oh no, don't get me I love the song, I really do. This, by the way, is the song from which Hart stole Barracuda. Oh, you're right. Yes, Barracuda. I am. Barracuda. Barracuda's, tot- don't do that. Par- Barracuda's totally stolen from this song.
6: Even the voice sounds the same. Now listen to the
4: drums in this no it's a great song John Bonham a great uh, at the time underrated drummer
6: I know that you were thinking why did he pick these songs out of all the songs but I, I was kind of wanted to showcase the last thing before they choked
4: this is a great song I'm not much of a I don't really I'm not into progressive rock all that much and there are moments when Zeppelin really really became a prog rock band for a few tracks at a time and this is one of them but I dig this song I really do. I don't know if I'd like it now. I think if I heard this song now, I think I might be too narrow-minded to enjoy it. But I heard it when I was really young, open-minded about about Zeppelin, and I don't think I would like this song now if I was just hearing it. But I, you know, it's sort of grandfathered in because I was such a big Zeppelin fan.
6: Well, not only do I hear heart out of this song here, I also hear sticks in there somewhere, and uh, maybe a little bit of uh, um, Iron Maiden
4: "Run to the Hills." Totally. Yeah, I can hear that. This is the uh, lead track of the Presence album. Not a very big-selling album, but a, but, a, but a great record. Let's see. It's got this badass guitar solo here. Back in, I don't know where it is. This is like a 14-minute song. All right. John Bonham died after drinking what, uh, what a cocktail? Anyone?
6: Ooh, I'm going to have to take a guess because I honestly don't know. That's, that's he drank ridiculous. 30
4: of them. Okay. Uh, 30 black Russians. Wow. And then somebody let him sleep on his back. He was sort of the guy, he was the canary in the coal mine for that thing. It was after him that I heard anyway that a lot of bands started employing someone whose job it was simply to make sure that the band members were not sleeping on their backs while drunk. Because he was sleeping on his back, threw up, sucked the vomit into his lungs, dead John Bonham. Well,
6: here, here's the question I have. Number one, was he doing any other drugs? Number two, um, when you drink Black Russians, it kind of puts you in a state of depression. It doesn't. It's not a pick-me-up drink like the pick-me-up pirate that we introduced. Uh, it's
2: basically the pick-me-up
4: pirate? Yeah,
6: that's the drink you drink in the morning. Okay, anyways... We've given we, him such, too a, much free such a sad life. <laughs> you, drink, you, drink, <laughs> you drink the I really Black Russian you and, it, and it makes you feel just like listless and lifeless. And so how could he get through 30 of them, number one, without puking while he was still awake?
4: Well, never know the answer, will we, Scotty? <sighs> I don't know what you called her about. This is really a great song. I don't think anybody really plays the song because it's too long.
6: You know what? I used to dislike... Yeah. Wait, hold Led on. Here's, here's
4: where Metallica got, like, everything they do. It's that whole, that real, like, syncopated thing there. All right. Counting down the top five musical acts who choked to death on their own vomit.
6: I just wanted to say I used to dislike Led Zeppelin when I was younger. because it reminded me. Well, it reminded me of all these stoner guys that I just didn't want to hang out with. Number two, Jimi Hendrix. What song is this? The Voodoo Chili. All right. Did I say that right? Or Chai Chili. I can't even pronounce that. It's
4: C-H-I-L-E. Chili. I knew if I asked that question, I'd get the answer I wanted. Chai Keep calling it Voodoo Chili, that's better. <laughs> voodoo Chili. I don't really care for Jimi Hendrix, but this is an undeniable song. This and All Along the Watchtower. And don't spare me the emails. I just I Jimi Hendrix is just a, a taste that I never really acquired. I tried. I respect Jimi Hendrix and all his breakthroughs and his achievements. I know that he was one of the most groundbreaking guitarists of all time. It's just not a thing I'm tremendously uh, interested in. But this is a great song. Undeniable.
6: I'm surprised. Because I thought this was one of the songs you were questioning.
4: No, this is a great song.
6: Yeah, he doesn't sound like he's just screaming. The guitaring is really showcasing what he could do. The guitaring. The guitarisms. Voodoo chili. Voodoo chili has (laughs) chunks of Frito-Lay chili and cheese chips in it.
4: Now, see, you're scoreboarding again there. Yeah. All right, Jimi Hendrix. All right. Member of the 27 Club right there. The number one musical artist who have choked to death on their own vomit, Scotty (laughs) J.
6: And this has to be number one. I'm sorry. ACDC. And because he choked, the song Have a Drink on Me seemed appropriate. Bon Scott. He's uh, famous for choking on his own uh, vomit and then dying.
4: Who knows what's wrong with this selection?
6: He didn't die on alcohol. Well, he did. Okay, then. could we've used it in 15 different top fives, maybe?
4: Well, that's because it's the greatest ACDC song of all time. Uh, no.
6: That Bon Scott didn't sing on this particular song? Yes. <laughs>
4: I was going to give a CD to somebody who could get that, but well, you've done it. Here's the deal. Yeah, this is not Bon Scott, but well, well done. I,
6: I, I picked it because you know he yeah, have uh, a drink on me. Yes.
4: Yeah. Well, there's a certain a certain appropriateness, I guess, to using his replacement here. Let's uh, see what these calls are about. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hey, you guys have a great show. Thank you. Hey, uh, do you remember Will Smith in Six Degrees of Separation? I do indeed. Yes,
5: that was disturbing. With
4: Stalker uh, Jan and Kiss Another Man.
5: Oh, he didn't just kiss another man. Uh, Anthony don't Michael you remember, I you remember that. Anthony scene?
4: Michael Hall. It's been a while since I've seen it. Oh, Tucker Channing. I remember Tucker Channing was hot as balls. I remember that. I've not I've only saw it once. I saw it once when it came out. I haven't seen it since then.
0: Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of
4: Old either, but I loved him in that he movie. He can act. The guy can really act, though. You can't take yeah, that away can. from you. I really liked him in Enemy of the State. Enemy of the State was good. I liked that movie a lot. Even in Ali, uh, great acting in a bad movie. I didn't care for the movie Ali, but he was great in that. Excellent. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Six Degrees Separation, great movie. Hello? Hi. Yes, hello.
1: Hey, uh, Slip, uh, what whatnot is uh, something that we learned how to tie in Boy Scouts, I
4: think. <laughs> okay, that's funny.
1: Oh, hey, can I get a crunch rep? Yeah, the crunch Crunchwrap screen, please. Thank you. Oh. <laughs> Thank you, drive through.
4: Hi, Rick Emerson Show, hello.
1: Yes, hello. Uh, I got a few things. Uh, Scotty, sounds like he's a... a a master at the drugs, so I was wondering what kind of drugs has he taken.
0: You may have gone over this already. So what drugs has Scotty taken Scotty, in what his, his lifetime? The Scotty? only
6: thing I've done is the last train to Mary Jane and a little bit of alcohol. Because
4: I have you—you uh, you have never taken another illicit drugs. Nope. You've never I taken. Not. You're not uh, taking okay. the acid and the no. All uh, right. No. Uh, just no. the uh, you've just the <laughs> demon weed is it? <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. There you go, so, sir.
0: So he's definitely. I got something else though. Yeah.
1: So you guys got to do uh, what you're doing now, along those lines, uh, uh, songs that are better done by, who does the cover, than the original artist? Oh,
4: yeah, yeah, cover version and, better than the original.
0: And that brings the, the, my next thing, which is Steve Ray Vaughn does Voodoo Chili, as you would say. It's called Voodoo Child, <laughs> like as in Voodoo Child. Yes.
1: Uh, okay, so... Uh, no, it's... Yeah, no, I've Peter heard... Henry- Ray yeah. does a better voodoo
0: child than uh, Jimmy, by the way. Well, it's like, a note-
4: it's like a note-for-note remake of the Hendrix version, isn't new, it? New. Oh new. Listen, listen to that. Listen to Mr. Ned Ryerson there. <laughs> <laughs> it's a doozy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, thank you. And thank you. Ryerson.
6: See, there's so many movies, it's hard.
0: Bill. Yeah,
6: it's hard uh, to put them into the five
4: movies. Voodoo Chili. All right, uh, back after this, the Rick Emerson Show. Not, that's not good-looking at all. Tell Brittany to put on the... some pants. I never
5: thought I would... She's say... walking around without pants
4: on. Put on your pants, Brittany. It's so the Rick Emerson Show. We now enter the saddest part of the broadcasting day. Final segment of the Rick Emerson Show. Uh, we're going to try to give away a copy of Sign of the Times, the best of Queen's 17 hits, uh, including the uh, number one smash, Sign of Lucidity, Jet City Woman, Eyes of a Stranger, Another Rainy Night Without You, and more than a dozen other well known songs. Emotional consideration provided by Capital EMI. And don't forget, tomorrow, by the way we will be giving to Seven Random Bastards a, a single-disc copy of uh, Sign of the Times, Best of Drake and we have a uh, we have another double-disc uh, uh, collector's edition. we're going to do tomorrow. So we're giving away the double-disc set on the air, but tomorrow to Seven Random Glorious Bastards, uh, you will get a copy of Sign of the Times, the Best of Drake 17 hits from Capital EMI. So it is uh, not too late. Go to 970.am and sign up to be an AM 970. Glorious Bastard, let us take caller number five. Who is this? This is Ken. Hey, Ken, how you doing, sir? Doing great. All right, Ken, are you an employee of CBS Radio? I am not. Excellent. All right, sir. What would you prefer? Do you prefer Queensryche trivia or complete that Queensryche lyric?
1: Oh, boy. wish my roommate was here. He's a bigger Queensryche fan than I am. And yet behold
4: how you're all alone. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I will go for the Queensryche trivia.
4: Queensryche trivia, sir. All right, I will give you a, uh, I don't know, there's not a difficult way. moderately difficult question. Uh, depending on when one became a Queensryche fan. I won't go all the way back to the beginning. I will take their uh, landmark Watershed 1987 album, Operation Mindcrime. Sir, for a copy of Sign of the Times, The Best of Queensryche, uh, this is the double-disc, two-CD, collector's edition, what is the name of the protagonist, the name of the protagonist main character on Queensryche's concept album, Operation Mindcrime? idea oh i will say how
1: about jeff tate
4: (laughs) (laughs) no but no but points for knowing the name of the singer no i'm sorry sir cruel fate mocks you and laughs at your pitiful attempts to win this item i'm sorry sir gonna kill me all right thank you my friend thank you all right we'll try it again let's try caller number six hello sir or madam as the case may be number five is alive yes (laughs) all right what is your what is your name please sam hi sam how are you doing Good. All right, Sam. Would you prefer to play Queensryche Trivia or finish that Queensryche Lyric?
9: Finish Queensryche Lyric.
4: Are you going to insist on talking this way through the entire call?
9: Maybe.
4: It's going to be a long 30 seconds. Okay, All right. no. All right, thank you. <laughs> really seriously. No, I'm going. I'm ready. I'm
1: ready to go.
4: Beginning to loathe you. All right, so you wish to complete that Queensryche Lyric? Oh,
1: yeah.
4: All right, this is for a copy of the two-CD collector's edition of Sign of the Times, the best of Queensryche from Capital E-M-I. All right, sir, I will, and it is because we want to get this given away, I will give you their biggest hit, it is silent lucidity, I will give you a few lyrics, I will stop, you just got to give me the next line, okay? Perfect. I'll just, I'll, I'll, you're all like overconfident, okay, here we go, I'll start at the beginning. I'm all yours. Hush now, don't you cry, wipe away the teardrop from your eye, you're lying safe in bed.
0: And don't even think about not giving me head. <laughs> no. No,
4: no, 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 no. But points for me being amusing, sir. Bye now. Ow. Oh,
5: my God. I can't.
4: Damn the FCC. That was funny. Look, sir, I'd like to give it to you for that answer. Well, if you listen to the podcast, you'll hear what that guy said. That was really funny. Do I speak for both of us when I say that was funny? That
5: was funny.
4: Because, like, it just came to him naturally. It was like, I mean, he couldn't have prepared for that. He didn't know what I was going to ask him. Ed just rolled off his tongue, so to speak. I don't... (laughs) That was great. Oh, sir. Okay, bye now. I'm hanging up. I I wish I could... uh, I wish I could give that guy the prize for that, but I just... uh, That's not that's not. It's really
5: not the way the song
4: goes. (laughs) It's really not the way the song goes. Not any version I ever heard. Unless you're singing the version that also has those alternate lyrics to Moaning Moaning. All right. Um... Well, how long do we have here? We've got about
5: four minutes, three I minutes. I
4: have nothing to fill. I mean, I have all of this stuff.
5: Should we bring Scotty Jan for one last news uh, segment? I think, you
4: know, I think he's panicking. I think he's trying to... um
5: so I'm kind of running around back there.
4: Do you want to take random calls until the end of the show?
5: Ooh, maybe um, the douchebag guy who keeps sending emails to people has somebody else to call um to call, uh, him to the the show? call
0: me to call in?
4: Um, all right. Well, let's uh, let's now take random calls. We will take random calls. You're not winning anything, but we will take now random calls until the end of the show. The phone number is 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Is this our random call music?
5: I know. I wish I could loop this. No.
4: We will now take it. Well, you have, do you have uh, Adobe Edition over there? I do not. I don't oh, have anything on this computer. Yeah, me either. I don't have it over here, either. Uh, it's five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. I got a bunch of emails and, and sort of, some, I don't want to say bits, but I have a bunch of kind of stuff that I wanted to talk about. But it's all, it's all stuff that I will begin discussing, and I'll just be getting into it, and then the show will end. So, uh, we will now fill the remainder of this program with random telephone calls about whatever's on your mind. Uh, it's five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show.
9: Hello. Hi, Rick. Hey, what's up? Is it uh, too late for the Queen's rag?
4: Oh, sadly it is, sir. Sadly. Ah, come on. Dr. X. Two. Dr. X is who? Uh, the pro- protagonist. No, so you're not even right. Look at you. You can't Whoa, even what? pass. What's a protagonist? Okay, Nikki. Okay. That's... The callers are fantastic today. Best audience ever. Uh, protagonist means hero, typically. Oh, uh, hero. Okay, so, so hero. Nikki...
9: Uh, well, that's definitely not Nikki then.
4: Well, I mean, he is the sort of guy you're rooting for, and then uh, Dr. X would be the antagonist.
9: The antagonist. Yes, sir.
4: But so, so you know, here's the thing. Your prize, sir, is knowledge.
9: Damn. Well, I could use some of that. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, now.
4: Hi, Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, man. What's up? How what, you doing? What's up, brother?
9: Hey, can
2: you just ask me a Queensway question from Operation Minecrime just for fun?
4: Just okay, just for grins.
2: Yeah, just for giggles.
4: All right, uh, are you a Queens? Are you an Operation Minecrime fan?
2: Oh, I'm a fanatic.
1: All,
4: All right. Um, okay, what is okay? If you're a fanatic about Operation Mindcrime, you've got to know this. Name okay. me one of the doctors who is paged overhead in the opening track to Operation Mindcrime okay. Waiting for twenty-two. Uh,
2: Doctor Davis.
4: All right, and do you know the other one? Uh, Dr.
2: Jameson, um, Dr. Blair,
4: Dr. And also Dr. J Hamilton, Dr. Dr. J Hamilton. Hamilton. Uh, so there you go. Congratulations, you're a big nerd, and <laughs> I'm an hey. even bigger nerd for knowing that off the top of my head. Well done, All right. sir. All right, thanks. Th- thank you, my friend. Right. All right, that's impressive, actually. Hey, that is some, by the way, at the beginning of Operation Mike. Mind- <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> different. This is a different caller, by the way. Can you burp the alphabet? No, well, this is... You're a one-trick pony, sir.
3: <laughs>
4: okay, Hi. At the beginning of Operation Mindcrime, they have... It's in a hospital, and they do have a nurse going, Dr. Blair, Dr. J. Hamilton. And that's obviously off a stock sound effect CD, because it's really weird. Occasionally, you'll be watching a television program and you're at a hospital, and you'll hear that in the background. Hi, Rick Emerson, Show Last Call way to make a count. That was sir. an easy one. Thank you. Thanks so much. Wait. Way to make the most of your uh, your your potential there. All right. We want to thank CNN Radio correspondents uh, Amanda Moyer, Steve Kastamon, Lisa Goddard, and Jim Roop, and of course uh, to Scotty J, filling it for Tim Riley. He'll do it again tomorrow. Uh, and uh, thanks everybody who tried it out for the Queensrÿche two disc set. We'll be giving away another one of those tomorrow. And don't forget seven random bastards will get a copy of that. So you want to go to AM 970, or I'm sorry, 970. AM, and sign up to be a glorious bastard. Rick Emerson show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah X Dillon for AM 970 South State Radio in the newsroom. Tim Riley, uh, the PA is Scotty J, the gatekeepers. Ladies the in Watch for snakes. Bye.
3: Andy! Andy.